Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I think you should do different colored heat pads. We can do like a sponsorship. <laughs> we, we can sell that. What do you, th- what do you think? <laughs> we, we, we can have new merch, like your heating pads. I was thinking that. Uh, I was actually thinking about maybe it. Because this is boring, making some custom covers. Custom covers? <laughs> put put laptop stickers on it? I mean, you can like, I mean, you can totally <laughs> take this thing off. You, you should definitely washing, do that. So. Oh, welcome to the CU Podcast. Hi. The Clean uh, yeah. Podcast um, for Tuesday, October 10th, 2017, alongside Ian Ferguson. Howdy. I'm Pat Contry. Well, I'll probably keep that in there. Um, we're going to be talking about lots of fun gaming topics, uh, maybe a not-so-fun movie topic, some Q&A. As well, unpaid Q&A, free Q&A, <laughs> <laughs> as well as lots of stuff like the Super Nintendo Classic coming out and what's been happening since then, mm. uh, a weird Star Fox 2 review from IGN, the Wii Virtual Console going bye-bye, a mini Wii Shop. Oh, what did I say? You keep saying Wii Virtual Console. Wii Shop. Which I think the Wii Virtual Console is going away, too. Well, but... then I'm technically right. Uh, so, Ian, what's going on in your land? In the my, land of Ian. In my land. The land of Ferguson. <laughs> Um, well, it was Vani's birthday last week. Happy birthday. So Vani. we uh, celebrated that, and then our anniversary is actually tomorrow. Happy anniversary. So it's busy. And then, <laughs> was it three years already? Yeah. Holy shit. And I mean, I've been with her for almost seven, I think. So. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm trying to remember when we went on our first date. I think it was like 2010. So I remember you weren't dating her for part time since I've lived here. Yeah, but... Most okay, I'm not gonna. I'm starting trouble. All right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I was gonna think about the timing of that conversation or two. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that it's been fun. And then, um, uh, yeah, other than that, just working. Um, I started playing Destiny Two for reasons unknown to me. I I, I don't understand that game. Whenever I try to explain it, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. When I look at the gameplay, I don't understand it. I'm old. I don't know. I don't get it. It's fun, but it's I, an I, RPG, I, but it's it's action and it's a first-person shooter. I feel, old, I feel old when I play it. Do you really? I'm like, yeah, this is... I'm having fun and I don't understand why. <laughs> I don't understand what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't, it's a whole new genre I don't get. Um, just as a reminder, I will be at Retro World Expo this weekend in Hartford, Connecticut. I've never been in Hartford. And that'll be the... The whale. The, the whale. The whale will never die. 14th and 15th. And then Ian and I will both be at Portland Retro Gaming Expo, which is technically... October 20th to 22nd, but really you can see this on the 21st and 22nd. Uh, we both have a, a couple of panels. Uh, we're going to have a certain NES guidebook at both of these events. And we're going to have fun. Come on out. We love Portland. This be my, holy shit, this be like my seventh Portland. Ian's third. Um, yeah. So this is going to be nuts. We might have our, our, our lady friends with us too. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be a fun event. Uh, there. Um, 
Video Game Years is on Amazon Prime. Thanks so much for the support. Keep supporting it. Thanks a lot. Uh, certain NES guidebooks available. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, there'll be a new NES Punk video coming out, hopefully, before the certain NES marathon that we're going to be announced. Well, the well, preeminent announcement is going to be the weekend of November 11th. Yes. There you go. Because um, And it's going to be at, of course, nesmarathon.com. Um, and that's where you'll be able to donate. And we're probably going to look to have donations go to AmeriCares for all the, the um, hurricane survivors for the disaster past few months. Disaster relief. Yeah, disaster relief. I mean, it's been like four, four or five hurricanes. And there's another one coming. It's, it's insane. Yeah. So we figured that this year that would be a proper sort of uh, charity to do it for. And that's a great organization. <clears throat> um, Ian, did you check out the Nintendo World Championships 2017 or know what's going on with that? No, I I didn't really care. Um, I got to be honest with you. I mean, it was cool when they brought it back, but now... In 15? Yeah, but I mean, just random. I, I, random 2017? Yeah, it's just not as exciting. I think, you know, it was... When you look at the games that were played, I think this was mostly to promote Super Mario Odyssey, and that's oh, of cool. Course. And whatever else games are, you know, I mean, one of the games I think they did the uh, Samus Returns. So remake. yeah, I mean, yeah. just to you know, for anyone who didn't pay attention, who's curious as to what games that were played, um, you know, uh, stage one they did a uh, Breath of the Wild on the Switch. It was a uh, it was a, some sort of shield surfing competition. Then there was a Super Smash Brothers. Um, they did Samus Returns. Uh, they for un- they did the underground stage again. Was Balloon Fight? I have no idea if they did Balloon Trip probably. or or actual they, fight. They probably disappointed me again. <laughs> they did uh, Smash Brothers again. Birds and Beans for the Nintendo DS, which I, I don't recall. I don't. Re- I've never heard of that. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Donkey Kong Country Returns from the Wii was on there. Splatoon 2, of really? course. Donkey Country Returns was on there. Yeah, interesting. Tetris from the Game Boy. Oh, arms! They had probably worked that deal out with the, with the people that own the Tetris rights. Mario Party Two from Nintendo sixty four. Arms is a perfect one for this. A yeah. fighting game. That's perfect. A Super Mario Maker and from Mario the Party. Wii U. Um, Super Mario Brothers Deluxe from the Game Boy Color, huh. and then Super Mario Odyssey fi- uh, finished it up with some new levels. So they just went Super Mario on, for the finale. Yeah, they they, they went Super Mario, Mario Maker, crazy. Super Mario Brothers Deluxe, which is what the original. Right? Yeah. Uh, Super Mario Brothers Deluxe is, yeah, the original. Just on the uh, And then it, when you beat it, you basically basically get um, Super Mario Brothers 2 uh, Japanese version. Okay. So it, it's cool that they have this event still. Yeah. Again, the timing's weird. It's just odd. But, but this, they got to sell the Switch. Yeah. I mean, they have to. It's going to sell anyway, but this is, the make, this is like the, you know, the icing on top of the cake. For selling the Switch, just the Odyssey, uh, the Odyssey, the Odyssey Two is going to sell great. Super Mario Odyssey is going to sell fantastically, and this is just going to ensure that it is. The Odyssey Two, the at, Odyssey Three, the, the Odyssey Two at games, Odyssey, the Odyssey the at games. And let's at, let's be nice here, because um, he's yeah. a fine looking lad. He looks a little confused. Who? Uh, uh, the winner was Thomas Gonda, twenty one of Oakland, California. Okay, represent California. There you go. So congratulations to him. Um, and then hosted by Andrea Renee, very nice woman. Uh, I met her five years back when she was working at Machinima. She was sort of a behind-the-scenes sort of person. Now she's like an on-screen personality, so good for her. Oh, cool. We're getting that hosting gig, and she probably did a, a fantastic job. She might appear in a certain video game documentary. Nice. And, uh, yeah, apparently they had, like, some celebrities there. Bailey from the WWE was there. I think they cut down a number of YouTubers from the past years in the audience. Yeah, uh, I think they did that. So I think they changed it up a little bit. Um, yeah, they did. I think Andre was at the last one, for example. He showed up for a segment. 
So it says they brought in other notable gamers this time. Not me. I'm not notable anymore. I'm old hat, Ian. I'm old hat. We're old. We've talked about this. Yeah, I, I'm starting to feel it more and more in my bones. <laughs> we already uh, talked about as we were setting up how we're all falling. I'm, apart. No, mentally I'm falling apart. <laughs> like mentally, it's, but I'm talking about the physically. It's it's catching up now. It's all. It's, it's all it's just. Everything. I mean, I'm. I'm yeah. I just roll down the street like a tumbleweed. I don't walk like anymore. The wind just blows I, I you. Just let the wind blow me along while nice. I babble to myself. So anyway, Ian, the SNES Classic or Super Nintendo Classic came out, but not the SNES Classic. Not the SNES Classic, unless you're in Europe and want to yell at Pat. <laughs> Would you drop it, Pat? No, it's funny. I like annoying you. Um, <laughs> but it came out on uh, what was that? We only a week and a half ago. It feels like forever. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it came out on Friday the 29th. I got mine on the 28th from Best Buy, my pre-order. I played it. It's fine. The little ditties they have with the menu screen, I mean, I, I like the NES Classic one, but the Super Nintendo ditty is even better. I was, like, dancing to that. Um, Very I, cute. So I, I had no intentions of... of I, I, I Well, I said that if I saw one, I'd, I'd consider getting it, but I wasn't really in a hurry for it. Um, turned out that one of Ani's friends got her one for her birthday, so we set it up and we were playing around with it. And, yeah, I mean... The menu system and all that is very slick, very nice. The mm-hmm. games look nice. Um, it's a pretty cool piece of kit. The controllers feel good. Controllers feel like never, they're never going to get it 100%. We're talking about it was made 25 years ago. No, you but know. it's it's close. It's, it's very nice. Like it's Yeah, it's like, oh, if, if, if you didn't know it was, you probably wouldn't know. You wouldn't know to feel like, oh, the plastic feels a teeny bit off. But control pads, fine. The triggers seem stronger than the original one. They yeah. probably did a better job. They won't break it. Or um, they don't feel as too. mushy. It feels mushy. The triggers. The, the, yeah, I don't but, think. But they the feel, mushiness never was an advantage, though. No, case, I, I, no, that's. That, I'm saying that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, um, but obviously, I think what's most important to point out is, even though plenty of people, I think, you know, will point out that they still don't have one, they did a much better job this time of making sure that at least the launch day was not a horrible debacle. Oh, I mean, my Twitter was blown up for people saying, "Yeah, I walked in and got one. Yeah, I was able to get one. Yeah, same." Yeah, it, I was trying to track it. It seemed like at the minimum, most stores were getting like 20, but it seemed like a lot were getting 30, 40, or more than that. More it, so. It I seemed mean, like the only ones that they, that Nintendo shortchanged, I'm not sure they did it on purpose, GameStop didn't seem to get a lot of them. GameStop, though, never get a lot. I mean, I've just learned this from over the years talking to my friend who manages a GameStop. They really don't get a lot of anything. I think Nintendo doesn't like them. No, but it, it, it's not even just Nintendo. They just don't get a lot of anything unless it's pre-ordered. Okay. And stuff that you can't pre-order necessarily through them, like, or you can't, <clears throat> stuff like that. They're not They're not going to get, basically, they're not going to get a lot of extra of anything in. So that scene where people were upset, it's like, oh, my GameStop got like six or ten of them. But everyone was like, yeah, my Best Buy got 40 of them. My Target got 50 or 60 or 70 of them. Our targets, so our local targets got 120. 144. Oh, you checked? And 65. That was the report? Yeah. On BrickSeek or something else? Um, Someone told you? Uh, well, uh, Inside I saw the actual total numbers on the tickets that were given to two friends. And okay. Then, and then one was so, actually... so Because at Target, like my friend had like literally... He pulled up at 7.30. Target right. was opening at 8. He was just scoping the line. He got out, talked to the person who was handling everything at Target... And they're like, well, we're just handing out tickets. And then at open, you go in, you give them your ticket, you get one. And he goes, oh, well, is there... And he goes, it looks like a long line. He's like, are there any tickets yet? And she goes, oh, yeah, you'd be like 102. And, you know, there's 144. So you didn't get... So it said 102 out of 144. So you didn't get there like the night before, like it hurt some people just in case. No. 
or, or 3 a.m. No, Maybe he you, literally rolled up at like 7.30. You can, you can get, basically walk in when it opens and still get one. Got number 102 or something So you're talking like just from the, a few targets. We have like 10 targets around it. Yeah. Uh, from a few, almost 500. Over 400, it sounds like. Once, 144, 102, and 65. So about 300. Okay, my, I thought you said 165 the first one. But it's interesting, though, because I think Nintendo was, was, was telling the truth. And that's what I tweeted, that we're going to have more in stores on day one of, of the Super Nintendo Classic than we shipped Forever, like for the entirety of the NES Classic, the biggest shipments to targets I, re- I seem to remember from the NES Classic. The biggest shipments were like, if you were lucky, your target got like twenty-five or thirty. I heard less than that. I well, yeah, that. like ten. Uh, and plus, Walmart, I heard got a decent amount. So it seems like GameStop didn't get that many. Um, and then, but everyone else for the most part sounded like they did. And plus, Amazon store near us probably got a decent amount. I heard the Amazon fresh truck, whatever the hell it's called, which I've never seen. It's like it's like a myth to me. You know, what is that, like the ice cream truck? It just, like, rolls around, hits an Amazon Prime song, and you roll up and buy your electronics? I, I, I still don't get the concept. I don't. I don't either. I don't. But we're old. We're old. We're old. We're fucking old. We're what old. happened? We when, the, when the podcast started, we were young-ish. <laughs> we don't we're old. This happened the past year. Yeah, no, that's really It's really bad to look at, like, us four years ago. Do, do the picture comparison? A dying old man. <laughs> a dying old man? <laughs> Well, it's the beardy, and the beard has some gray in it. I do have to. You got, you got, you, you got the the rogue, the rogue white hair from X Men, but in your beard. Yeah, it's weird. You don't have white hair anywhere in your head, but you do in your beard. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's weird. But I'm glad that Nintendo said, "Okay, we're gonna get these out." Obviously, you're never gonna satisfy everyone day one. No. I had someone saying, "Pat, they should have put them. They should have loaded up an entire truck and brought them to a store." It's like, no, no, you can't. You can't stock a store with like a thousand or two thousand when it opens. That would be insane. You can't overdo it. But you have to admit they 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 met a decent amount of the demand on day one for one day. They did what they said they were going to. Yeah, do, which was greatly increase the amount of the stock. Yes, like many times by a magnitude of probably ten on day one. They probably delivered uh, yeah. close to that versus the NES Classic. Yes, I'm not shilling for Nintendo here. I honestly think they did a pretty good job, especially since they originally said we're not going to. Also, we're not going to sell these past end of the year. Now they are. I realize that we uh, we were course. taking a chance that we might be eating some crow sure. when we were, um, you know, kind of thinking about whether or not. Uh, whether or not it was really the store's fuck up, and I think you and I really thought that, but we didn't know until we, we didn't know the, we didn't yeah. know until day one whether or not Nintendo on the, on the was going to fuck this up. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't, and, and, and this is this is why I think that's where yeah. it was going. A lot, we, of, they, a lot of people said, said a lot of people said I'll believe Nintendo when I see it. Well, they, they followed through here. I'm not going to say it's going to be a perfect track record going forward with the no. Super Nintendo Classic, but. Uh, they did say, I think you, you, you said that they were going to restock I, could, I, I could not find the article, but I be, what I believe was that it said there was supposed to be a restock in um, middle October. It so makes hopefully sense. Hopefully soon. It just makes sense because yeah, if you have Odyssey coming out, why wouldn't you also throw them with that? They, they basically, uh, they basically um, like when they when they came out, well, then it was the same system. When they came out with Mario 8 Deluxe, they, that's when they restocked, really restocked the Switch for the first time. Like in, I mean, in big numbers, at True. least. Well, that's how I got one. When that happened, I was like, oh, they're plentiful. So it makes sense you're going to see some shipment for something that major happen around that time, but maybe before that. Because we're only a week and a half in. And even if you go twice a month or once a month, you know, wait, hold on, to, you know, hold hold out hope, right? And, and also, I Reggie think, said, don't don't pay the scalpers. And I have Oh, a, they're getting burnt. I have a feeling that oh, they may burnt. also, it, it, it makes sense to me. They may be, I think they're going to try to do another drop as big as the first one. Because if you start trickling them out, in smaller batches, that's when um, 
uh, scalpers can start screwing things up. But even if you do another shipment where people are getting half the, that amount, like if all stores, like all those targets start getting like 70 or 60, you're still going oh, to, sure. I think, be able to meet that demand without scalpers stepping in. So if you check uh, San Diego Craigslist, of course, what you, you want to go, you want to sort by price lowest first. The $80 one says, don't buy SNES Classic Edition from scalpers. Nintendo has announced that there will be way more stock than NES Classic, and that's true. Um, but when you go down, it's, again, this is a week and a half in. This one is going to be the largest amount for scalping. You can get one for $110. Yeah. $110. You can get one for $120. One that is open, you can get for $109, $130. 130, 130, 140, 140. So already this is they they can't even double their money. They're 80 at, at at launch, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I think the scalpers either figured out they got to start returning these soon or else they're going to take a bath. Like especially like the ones that bought 10. I mean, I heard reports from I think uh who told me? I think uh someone told me they were online and heard the scalpers like saying, "Oh, we're going to make a make a field day on this." Like not even be concerned about games there. I don't think they're going to make as much as Indian's Classic. I just don't think it's going to be a thing. No. I think if you bought 20 of these, expecting to sell them, uh, you're going to be returning a good chunk of them. And, and you might make a little bit of money, but for all that effort, again, is it worth your time to make that? Uh, let me. See. Of course, eBay was trying to promote, you know, the, you know how eBay used to have the guaranteed sale price will give you, like, they'll make up the difference in yeah. order to get people to scalp on there. Let me just, let me just, uh, let me just check eBay real quick to see what these are actually selling for. But I'm just telling you, locally, they ain't selling. They're, they're just not. Uh, let's see, what are they sold, sold for here? Okay. On eBay, 138, 146, 132, 130, 135, 150, 132, an outlier went for 190, 120, 138, 147, another outlier 200, 140 with bids, 135 with bids, 138, 140. Looks like between 130 and 140 they've been going for right now. So, there you go. And that's week and a half in. That's not a lot. That's for people who are really impatient. All right. Well, let's. Uh, Pat likes to do. I like to, like to do this. I like to do this. I already figured it out with tax. It's about ninety bucks. So they're making plus shipping. They're making thirty to forty dollars return on their investment. Oh, you're saying if they buy retail with yeah. tax, well, it's, it's between about ninety dollars, probably a little bit less. Yeah, a little bit less. And then if they sell for one thirty, so that's a forty dollar game before PayPal and eBay fees, right? Yeah. And then you take out 15% of that. Yeah. And then, okay, did you do that math? Right, pat, pat math? 40? Do your pat math. All right, so you lose $6 down to $30, $34. If you have a free shipping, you're at 10 or $12. 34 minus $12. $22. If you sell it at, like, what did we say? One, 130 to $130, $140 about? Yeah. That's if you have free shipping. It's a lot of work for twenty two dollars. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, to stand outside and deal with that. So, oh, oh, there you go. Well, in, are you closer to wanting one? Like I said, we already have one. Okay, that's right. It's, it's, it's good to be married. You can share share game collection stuff. <laughs> I didn't think about. I actually don't touch. I, 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 I never thought about that with my potential mates about what's their video game collection look like. I never really thought about that. You know, I I tend to let her collection be hers. I don't I don't touch it much. Oh really? Yeah, it's, it's separate. Well, because like I get her stuff for her collection, and I, I, and she gets excited. But like in my head, I don't touch it because I don't want it to ever seem like I bought her something that we would both 
like for a game and be like, hey, I bought this for your birthday, but I'm going to go play it now. <laughs> so well, if she wants to play shit, like, that, that, we'll that's, play. That's like the classic buying someone a gift they don't want it, you keep it yourself. Right. right. <laughs> um, so, so not super surprising. Super Nintendo surprising. It's already been hacked. Oh, of course. So... Not much to say about that. Just that Nintendo, I guess, if they want to try to lock it out, they could have. It was hacked like within a day, like for the probably for the similar method. Sorry, I'm not down on this totally, but uh, the system is loaded with about 300 meg of storage. So for the NES, that's fucking fine for the most part. Right. NES ROMs, most of them are below a meg by far. Some are like 16, 32 kilobytes. kilobytes yeah. There's only probably 20 to 30 that would be even a meg. Or more, and you're probably talking the Koei games. You know, like some of those are chunkier ones. But that's not even a lot. I'm not sure if it's even a Meg. I don't think so. But for the Super Nintendo, it's a little different. In the Super Nintendo, most are above a Meg. There's some that are below. But most will be like a Meg. Or 512 at least. So, and then some are like 4, or 8, or 12. They go 8 megabits of power, you know. like So, you're not going to be able to fit the whole library on here. But I'm hearing that you know, you can get a few hundred on, and with 300, that makes about sense of the average. That's about one. You know, but so I guess you can mix and match which ones you want to put on there, right? Yeah. You know, if you want to put a bunch of small ones on there, you know, uh, again, I haven't emulated, emulated a lot of Super Nintendo games in a while, but I might have to for a certain guidebook. Um, so, do you, have, do you have anything to add on that about putting on the games easily? Nintendo not giving a shit? I heard Nintendo left a message. Inside for potential hackers saying, "Hey, enjoy the '90s" or something like that. Like they straight, like they knew it was going to happen. They don't care. I mean, I think that's... I mean, they're going to sell. They're going to sell a billion of these. So why would they care? Right? They don't care. I think they realize it's not at that sales. point it's just hobbyists having fun. It, it's weird what they do and don't care about Nintendo. But uh, no, I, if you're going to get something like this, and to By the go, way, to the, go back the, to my very controversial box of ROMs co- comment, if this is what you're going to get, I think there's something neat about keeping it as it is. Sure. If you really want to lo- just load something up and put a, a new firmware front on it and all that, then go do right. your Pi thing. But this is neat and nice as as but, a cute little thing that it sure, is. Sure, but I, see, I do see the appeal of adding more games, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. I mean, this is this is a on the go. It's HDMI. I can take it to your house. We can have a multiplayer game. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, there's other ways of doing it, but I do see the appeal of this. Um, plus, could... plus, it's well made. Like, it's very well made. I don't know if you saw that crazy uh, unboxing video someone did. The awesome unboxing video live they did on on. Uh, it is super nice. If they even have the spring on the reset button. Oh, I know. Like, that's a little touch that I'm like, okay, there you go. Yeah. That th- Then you have my money there. I, I guess it would depend on, on how nice the front end is after it's hacked and stuff. But... I think it's similar. If you see a, if you can see a picture, it's, it's, it's like the NES Classic. It's the same front end. You know, it's probably a lot harder to scroll around on it. Um, but, yeah, it looks like it. you can use the hack sheet address, one of the annoying, if ultimately, this is from GameSpot, on minor oversights of the Super Nintendo Classic, the absence of a home button. Oh, yeah. No, it does, um, it does look like, yeah, it does look the same. So you can you can make your own controller shortcut to make a home button on this too, which is fantastic. Oh, by the way, the cords are actually a little bit longer. They're like from like what was it two feet, two and a half, three feet to like they're like four. Yeah, I'll cord. still be buying some extenders, but <laughs> oh sure. Or you have to get an HDMI. Well, if you have to, if you have to hit the reset button anyway to access it, you need to get like a twenty sure. foot HDMI cable, which I think I still, I need to get one for some reason. So there you have it. I'm like, I like for some reason I'm actually more interested in potentially putting more ROMs on this than the NES Classic. 
It, for some reason, it appeals to me. Yeah, I don't know cool. why. The NES Classic did not appeal to me to add stuff onto it. Um, I was just like, well, there's a ton of games. And you add all 700 on. How am I even really going to play? But if this forced me, I finally could put on like 200 to 300 games. Now I really got to pick out, okay, what the fuck am I going to play? Sure. So, you know what I mean? There's also a psychological thing to that. Like if you had a yeah. the question we get asked by bringing games to a deserted island. <laughs> bingo. You know, there you go. Uh, anyway. <laughs> what? what? What about it? Nothing. Is, is that podcast bingo? No. What? <laughs> okay. Referencing that joke back at Game On Expo. With the bingo cards. Oh, okay. Never mind. I, I barely. I just. Rem- I just remember going to friendlies at one point. Oh, that was that was in Jersey, right? Okay. All right. That's what we have on this. Go out and get it, and don't pay hackers. But what came from the Super Nintendo Classic game was a new game, kind of, sort of, a new game. Star Fox Two. Star Fox Two. And IGN reviewed it like a bunch of crap bags. Well, one guy did. One guy. Um, it, it resulted in my the, the biggest tweet I've ever had. And what was my... T- remember what I don't I know. I said, you cannot review Star Fox 2 with a modern oh, gaming mindset. mindset. And I saw a lot of other people with the same... Um, yeah. With the same notion. And and I, I agree. And, and uh, the review just reads weird is... Well, well, the reviews by Sam Claiborne, he gave it a 5.5 out of 10. Okay? I will say this. I haven't a chance to play it. I've been, I've been busy with real life stuff, unfortunately. And I've been busy with um, working on other stuff. So, but I almost played it. Um, but I played Star Fox 1 again real quick because you have to un- unlock it. So I did unlock it. It's actually just a 5.0. Oh, it's just a 5? I thought it was 5.5. Yep, just a f- uh, the, uh, yeah, it's a 5.0. Mediocre. Yeah. Star Fox 2 has some beautiful, totally 90s moments. But it's primitive. Choppy 3D gets in the way. Okay. This was a game that was originally supposed to be released in, what, 95? You know, the PlayStation comes out. Saturn came out in 95, right? Mm-hmm. So 94. I th- so I think in the U.S.? Yeah, maybe that was Japan. So I think one of the arguments was, well, this was already dated. You had other consoles on the way. They want they canceled this because they you know they didn't, weren't satisfied with it. You hear all these fucking things. Because they wanted to focus on 3D to compete, so they wanted to focus on Star Fox 64 instead of this. But regardless, this is a game from 95 on a system from 91. So, when you say something's primitive in a review, are you saying it's primitive for the time it came out, or primitive from today's standards? Because if you say it's primitive from today's standards, you automatically, in my opinion, should not be reviewing any retro game ever. Right. Because then, is all Atari 2600 games primitive to you because the graphic style is is 40 years old? Is that favorite a game like River Raid or Pitfall? Right. Are those not good games anymore? So if you're already coming from this b- modern-day bias, you cannot give the game a fair shake. For being, maybe it is that bad. Maybe. Potentially, based upon the time period. But I don't know, because you're using primitive. You're using totally 90s moments in your recap. But if you go back to the actual review, did you read the review? Yeah. Or listen to it? I oh, was yeah. mesmerized by the pastel polyguns. Of Star Fox 2. While abstract ships swirled in, in a stop motion dance in front of me, I kept thinking this is one of the most beautiful games I've played all year. But but where I saw art, others who stopped by to check out Star Fox 2 just saw a blur of awkwardly rotating triangles at about 10 frames a second. Setting aside my appreciation for game history and nostalgia, Star Fox 2 is kind of a mess. Alright. The, the fact that in the first paragraph, you're letting... Your colleagues, colleagues who sh- ex- don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Taint who, your review. T- yeah. 
I mean, that's... That's painful to read. Yes. And what's... Star Fox's 2 print of 3D is so jarringly bad that Nintendo actually canceled it in 95 before it came out because it didn't look good alongside the, the groundbreaking 3D of the Nintendo 64. What? Is, is that why? Is, is that why? Is he, is he sure that's why it was canceled? Is he? I don't know. And, and the review also, it, it makes it... It's like he's painting himself to be better because he can enjoy it, but the other people can't. I, I just don't know what angle he's really well, trying to come from on this review. As a reminder, the N64 came out in the U.S. at least in September of 96. Yes. So, I'm not sure. I mean, you hear things, reasons why they wanted to cancel this. Maybe they weren't satisfied with it. Um, maybe they want to focus on... But this could have been... This could have sold well had it come out. But I'm going to ask everyone out there this. If, by the way, very few people agreed with this review. Like, very few. On my timeline, the reason why it got like 2,000 likes, most people agreed with that. You cannot go into it this way. Right. But I will say this. If you gave this game... By the way, the other reviews I saw, if they, even if they weren't, I think Games Radar gave it a 7 out of 10. They gave uh, it a 7 out of 5. and 7 out of 5? They could have... Say 7 out of 5? No, they... They gave it a three point five. They gave it a three point five out of five, or and they probably could have rated it lower. But the way they went about writing the review was it a proper frame? was was in the proper frame of, of of reference. But what I kept seeing from reviewers, some refused to give it a score because they, they figured they couldn't because it, it was supposed to come out twenty years ago. They said it was extremely ambitious. Yes, very yeah. ambitious. And everyone everyone says that it has its problems. That it was fun to go through, but they they but the the issues that especially like the Games Radar review had with it, such as its choppiness and stuff like that, were taken into account from that time period sure. comparing it to things like Star Fox One, and they said that it you know for the time period the way the game was played and the ambitiousness of it and the different things it was trying to do, it would have been very confusing at that time because no other game was really done. They also said that trying to navigate an open-world 3D space with just a D-pad was very hard to do. All complaints that would have made sense back in 95 when it was released. But that's fair. Right, exactly. They, that's e what I'm even saying. Even if they have some sort of bias that they don't, no, they're putting it to their view. They at least are acknowledge or trying to acknowledge it in its time period. Right. While this IGN review doesn't, and this review is also terrible because it doesn't actually explain what really the game is like, how it functions. Right, the game's radar one does, and that's where it's also easy to kind of see where okay, this could be fun, but, but you you also understand where it could fall apart. Yeah. Like, like for example, if if you don't think all the real time strategy stuff really works in a game like this, yeah, that's fair. But focus on not that, not the fact that the frame rate and polygons look weird. Because if you said that, you had to have said the same thing with Star Fox, right, from a few years before. Because it's the it's not like the frame rate on Star Fox was more than like thirteen a second. You know, was that ever the smoothest experience? No, but we accepted it because in the in the time it came out, it was incredible to have that. On anything, on a computer or console, to have a game like Star Fox. So if you want to make the argument that within those few years of time between that and the sequel that was supposed to come out, that gaming had progressed so much, I'm, I'll listen to that. But you have to say that. Right. that by 95, you can no longer put out a game like that. I just want to point out that this also, to me, kind of really makes the IGN review suspect. Um, the verdict. Oh, okay. uh, uh, Blah, 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 blah. Uh... 
Those can just taken here we go. This this will make sense. The control and frame rate problems make Star Fox 2 the worst game in the SNES Classic Edition. While others in the collection have controls and graphics that didn't age well, in parentheses, Super Mario Kart and F-Zero come to mind. What the fuck is wrong with the controls and graphics of either of those games? Nothing. I mean, Bonnie and I literally played probably three rounds of Mario Kart. That's like the first thing we did. And I, I actually said, I am surprised by how well this game still handles. It's incredibly smooth. Yes. Incredibly. F-Zero <laughs> controls... Perfectly. It controls perfectly. You may not. You might have to figure out what are the four racers, how to because they all drive yes. differently because of the weight ratios and how they skid. It controls perfectly. I just reviewed it for a certain guidebook. I gave it a four a four point five out of five. And I I, I, I like F zero a lot, but I mean, so it, it, so I take issue with that. But yeah, I mean, a, honestly, that Donkey shows he's, Kong, he's I mean, not but honestly, uh, Super Mario Kart. He's not qualified to review any retro game. You're not, Mister, Mister, uh, what is it, Mister Claiborne? You're not qualified at all. There was also an issue that I tweet at your um, badge and your gun, please. Yeah, yeah, your controller <laughs> and your Nintendo Power on the desk. There was also the uh, Kotaku review of the SNES Classic, uh, where he he basically said that most of the NES games were trash, and I called him out. Oh but, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. So he said, "Oh, most of the NES library is unplayable now, and you just—and that's totally for nostalgia. It almost like it wanted to garner that reaction because it got it from me. I offered to send him a what, what the hell? What was that? Uh, NES guidebook. It was uh, Jason Shear, I believe. Yeah, J- Jason Shear. Uh, he's not at Kotaku anymore. I don't think. I think it's Polygon. Sure, I think he is. I don't know. I, I don't follow it. But anyway, I, I offered to send him a book, which I think is the diplomatic way. Of Jason Schreier. Yeah. Okay. No, he's at Kotaku. He's oh, a he news is. editor." Okay. And uh, maybe he didn't like me calling him out publicly, but that was an awful, awful yeah. thing to say about my, my library of games. Yeah, there's, and I said, yeah, there's bad games in any system, but the proportion is probably the same as other systems. I think the Super Nintendo doesn't have shovelware in that system. I think it has more shovelware than the NES. Want to learn about teeth and how to protect them? <laughs> Sounds like a fun time. Okay, that's... Yeah. <laughs> All right. See my point, though? Yes. Am I rambling? Yes. Okay. You are. Oh, and then by the way, Polygon says stealing Star Fox Two was okay uh, in an article. That, I thought that was cute. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's a gray area if you no, download the ROM. It's not, and no one's going to go to jail. And Pat and I have said a billion times before, emulate away, whatever. I mean, yeah, I don't care. We don't give a shit. But you you but, can't say it's perfectly fine. But you, yeah, it's not legal. Just because we're all cool with it doesn't mean yeah. it's legal. <laughs> we all, you know, you can jaywalk in front of a cop. Doesn't mean he's going to give you a ticket. Right. <laughs> It's acceptable. It's accept- doesn't mean it's legal. All right. Ian. Yeah. We have a... <laughs> you sound so excited. I love you, Ian. <laughs> Ever tell you I love you? Yeah, sometimes. Some, sometimes? I love you, too, sometimes. Some, sometimes? You know but, when I really loved you? Well, you know when I think we both loved each other the most? <laughs> Why did we love each other? Uh, it, it, I think it helped. When we got that free dinner... <laughs> Coming back from Game On Expo. Oh, yeah. Oh, free food just brings the love out. We from just, United, it was like a random free meal. We just had a great time. It was a great dinner. But uh, before we get sidetracked out of that memory, <laughs> Nintendo has announced the end of the Wii Shop channel. I got to work with them. Yeah. So, what's going to happen here? Uh, we have a good year and a half almost, though. About before the Wii sh- uh, Shop channel goes down on both the Wii and the Wii, Wii U, uh, it goes out in uh, twenty. It goes down in twenty nineteen, January thirty first. 
and I, you can't add funds till after March 27th next year. Then you can't add funds anymore to your accounts, which is funny because I still have Nintendo. I still have, I still have a fucking card to spend. Will that work on the Switch shop when that eventually comes out? Uh, I, I still have the cash. I don't know. Or should I go on? Should I go on and buy Bomberman on Turbografx 16 on, on my Wii? I've loaded up my Wii in like eight years. You should probably. do that. But yeah, um, so I mean, really, it, it's it's I mean, yeah, it's it it's down in 2019. But if you want to buy stuff, you only have until March 27, 2018, to add funds. Um, and there were really nice games on it, and it it, it really spells kind of the end of an era for. Um, I mean, everyone would expect this to happen with the Wii console but it yeah we're 12 it, years in it, it, it's it, years it's in. it's you know the next nail or maybe even the final nail in the coffin so, for the failed experiment that was the wii u yeah that's i think that's the more surprising part about it it's like you can't even pretend that the wii u is going to have any support anymore it's already shut up oh, what is it we wear on there or the what, what did they have the virtual well, the virtual console was on the wii the u virtual as well console is it's on both well that's closing soon well, that, well, that's closing with it as well. That's closing on the Wii, uh, finally. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's actually happening earlier. Oh, is it? I didn't see that news. I'm pretty sure, just because my friends were asking, um, what were some of the best? Yeah, Wii Shop Channel shutdown will take more than 200 classic games with it, and that is happening. Oh, that's okay. That's that's happening in January 2019 as well. Yeah. So virtual, yeah. The virtual console was also on the Wii U. Okay. It was on both. Right. Um, different games selection available. Yeah, that was always the weird part. It was always different yeah. games between all three 3DS, the, the Wii, and the Wii U. Sorry, that's where I was getting tripped up. Um. So yeah, a lot of people are you know looking into what they want to purchase on there because there's a lot of games on there that are you know. Really cheap comparatively to their extraordinarily expensive uh, counterparts. And by the way, you can you, you can still transfer if you if you own them on the Wii, you transfer them to the Wii U for a dollar for an NES game or a dollar fifty per Super Nintendo game. Well, thanks Nintendo. No. What a what a deal! I'll, I got to buy a portion of it again. <laughs> I didn't even know it was that much. A dollar, a dollar fifty per game. But you know the ability to get Chrono Trigger or Earthbound or Dracula X Rondo of Blood. You know for. I mean, yeah, all, all a those few bucks. The Turbo Graphics games. That's how people discovered that was a system, right? Back when the Wii came out, like, what the fuck's a Turbo Graphics team? Like, a t- like not a ton of games, but a chunk of the good Turbo games are on there. So you know, time's running out, and, and I, I strongly urge people who want to play these games or have them easily accessible, who want to, um, you know, have these on a system to get them now because this is uh, outside of emulation. This is the em- cheapest way. To get some very pricey titles. Oh sure, uh, and this obviously it's important for a lot of reasons. And this isn't like uh, owed to the the virtual console, but this was the first time you had like these games that you either didn't hear of or get couldn't get easily or, or wouldn't want to, and you buy them for a fairly low price. You can discover them, discover new systems. They have Genesis games on there. Well, it was the first time yeah. you, in my memory, it was the first time you saw a company really making use of monetizing their ROM images yeah. and, and, and using them um, in in their own way as and putting up past competitors yeah. games. Yep. That was kind of surprising when we first saw that in 2000. Like, well, Genesis and yeah, TurboGrafx and uh, yeah. They put Master System on there too? Yeah, there, I think there was Master System. Can't recall that. Uh, I can't. Are you calling well, How about that, that humdinger of a song? 
I mean that that we shop song. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> I mean it's 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 awesome. It's fantastic. Go watch Brenner Floss's that's one of my favorite Brenner Floss video of him doing the, the weird German Doctor We Shop uh song. And to me that sort of helped sp- uh, spawn where we are now with retro gaming. That really was the first like here's a bunch of old games, dude. Check them out. Yeah. To uh, to remember, this sold a hundred million consoles. Yeah. So, you, so if you can get five percent of those people discovering some of these games, or two percent, that's a ton of people to discover a bunch of uh, old games on there. So, you okay there, Ian? Yeah. Any, any fond memories of, of a virtual console or the Wii? Did you buy anything on the Wii U shop at all? Like, um. Yeah. The, I, new. I mean, new games you could have bought on there, right? Yeah, I didn't, but I did buy some of the smaller um, download games. Um, little shooters and things here and there. Um, I didn't buy any virtual console titles, I don't think, but uh, I remember like one of the very first things I did with uh, my Wii when I got it was um, download Devil's Crush because I did not have Devil's Crush yet for oh. my PC Engine. There you go. So, yeah, that was a particularly fantastic day. Yeah, and, and WiiWare was, it was also not just games, it was apps that were specifically for uh, the Wii U is that is that how WiiWare worked? WiiWare is uh, was kind of like its game shop channel before it had I think that because there was a DS DSiWare as well was um, okay. like the first time they had that online shop where you could connect and download um, games to like your DS. So WiiWare was. Um, Game specific for that we yeah looks like Hudson did a few games they yes. did Bomberman Blast Star Soldier R and Joy Sound Konami did some uh, games uh, that were called part of I believe it was the Rebirth series they did Contra they did uh, Castlevania so there you go I those think... are the ones people should really get to because you're probably never going to see those anywhere I was going to say this the beca- Castlevania one is really good so this becomes a preservation issue as well yes not for virtual console games that you could get elsewhere but for games like this that yes. it might be harder to fine in the future unless it gets put out in some physical collection right there's there's games that uh, i mean only had the release on this platform so there you go comes back to preservation and don't throw out that that wii u yet man we use at the swap meet next year are gonna be five dollars they're gonna be as, as cheap as as wheaties probably cheap as wheaties no wheaties what no as wheaties oh i thought you said cheap as wheaties and no I was like i'd like that Term. Cheap as Wheaties. Cheap as Wheaties. I, I haven't eaten, eaten Wheaties since I was seven. <laughs> I never liked Wheaties. It's probably the worst thing to eat now if you're a little kid. But uh, all right, so uh, I'll I'll pour out of the, the the currency Wii card I got. Someone got me a few years ago. I'll pour it out for the virtual console and the WiiWare and the Wii U eShops and all that stuff. Tear the corner off. But by the way, it's it's great that this is happening when we don't even have a new. Uh, virtual console on the Switch yet. So well, we're probably not going to get one. You don't think we're, we're going to get the service, though. Yeah, least. we're going to get the service. You don't think there's going to have any add-ons you can buy? They're going to make it available to well, buy. Well, they'll have Come to. Come on. Nintendo's been doing it for 10 years now. They'll, yeah. You're, you're going you're to buy Super Mario World for the 17th time. They're going to make you do it right. on the Switch. Come on, Ian. Who are, you, who are you kidding here? Capitalism. Capitalism. All right. So. Fuck. <laughs> do we have to... You okay, Ian? Okay, let's talk about a product called the C64 Mini, okay? Uh-oh. I mean, you don't like this? I mean, in theory, it, it's, you know... Um, 
another box that you hook up to your TV. Okay. What, what, is, it, what okay. is this, Ian? This Explain is... Explain what this is to the audience. It's a miniature-looking... It's a half-scale. It's half-scale. Looks like a Commodore 64. Okay. Good. Can't use the keys. Can't use the keyboard. keys. They're just... Uh, they're for show. It's cute. <laughs> you uh, hook it up to your TV via HDMI, uh-huh. and it has 64 built-in games. Uh, HDMI out. It comes with a joystick, I think. comes with a joystick. You and, can and play two USB with your, outs. Play with your joystick. And uh, 64 games. Uh, a timeless classic is being given a new lease on life with the launch of the C64 Mini coming soon. Where- US or Europe display mode option, CRT filter, save game function. You can plug in a USB keyboard and use it as a home computer with C64 Basic. There I've, you go. I've, I've seen a lot of people excited about this uh, recently this, on, this on got picked, timeline. This got picked up in the news. Uh, okay, it's, yeah, it did. It's it. You want to go through some of the games? You go first. Uh no, no, you go ahead. Talk about some of the games first. Uh, uh, it's kind of small, but I can see the Bikini, California games. Street sports, baseball. I don't see street sports tennis anywhere. That's why I played. Um, I think I saw World Games there, Winter Games. I thought I saw Uridium in the trailer. Speedball. Impossible Mission 2. I can't stand that game. No, it's awful. Creatures. Uh, so Jumpman. Jumpman. I played Jumpman. Everyone played Jumpman. So I think... So, so this obviously the Commodore sixty four like this a lot of these games were I think a lot bigger in Europe versus here, but I do recognize some of these games. Yeah, I, I do don't. too. It's missing some some pretty big. Temple Apshai trilogy that that's going back a little bit. Uh, Spin Dizzy. I'm not going to pretend I know half of these games. I'm not, um, but I'm going to assume that this is a good selection for Commodore sixty four. Let's let's okay. assume it's got it's got the uh, some of, it's got some of the games made by Epics and Epics made a lot of yeah, good stuff. They made so a good lot of good games. We'll, we'll go with that. Um, AD. We did some digging on this product though. Um, it was it really digging? Or we just looked at the. Well, I mean, we, we, were, we did we did more digging than any of the news sites or anyone who's excited about this what, has done. I, I I don't know if YouTubers. Who've already covered this? I've spoken about. This. By the way, I loved how the joystick looks. That looks like the old Commodore. So got the big ball joystick. Yes. Good for lefties and righties. Yeah, right, Ian. I'm very happy. Or no, is that two different buttons on Commodore games? I don't know if it's good for lefties Who or knows? righties. Who knows? But we spoke about on the podcast like two years ago. Was it two years ago? Was it or a year ago? A year and a half ago, we spoke about April two thousand sixteen. We spoke about the C sixty four. Which is a remade Commodore 64 usable, full size, full size remake with USB outs, you know, uh, HDMI out, I believe at the time, um, with a functional keyboard. Functional keyboard. They were also offering a portable. At the time, it was yeah, portable with a screen on it. A small handheld portable version. They needed with, with games built in. They needed a hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, to reach their goal, they only hit a hundred and six, a hundred thousand six hundred eleven. It was a flexible goal, which meant though they still got the money. Right. When you do a flexible goal and then go, go, you don't, you don't. If you don't hit it, you get, you get docked a little bit more. I think it's like eight or ten percent they lost probably on that. But so you're still talking ninety thousand that they made off this. So at the time when this, when this uh, closed around April or May of 2016, they were offering uh, the computer console for 150 US. They were offering the, the handheld was $170, more than the console version, which is interesting, probably because of the LCD screen. Right. I don't know. Um, console version was joystick, $175. Console with two joysticks, $200. Console plus cartridge game, $220. Um, the whole package, you want to get the handheld, 
the the the, the remake computer, two joysticks, whatever, six hundred and fifty dollars. A Chrome version for a thousand dollars that no one claimed. So this was all supposed to be delivered, according to this, December two thousand sixteen. So if you dig if you dig, dig, dig into the updates, it's not even a lot of digging, but if you go into the updates of this, you can follow the timeline of, of what's going on with this project. But this is the same the same people that are doing the mini now, right? Right. According to them, if you go back to the updates from, uh, was it September 28th? It's the September 20-something one, yeah, September 20th. Do you want me to just read it off? Yeah, go for it. Uh, let's see, let's go to the beginning here, it's September 20th. This, this is the big one. Uh, we've always been keen to keep backers informed of the latest developments here at the C64 HQ. We hope that today's update makes you happy. If you have any questions about reading after reading this uh, second announcement, you know that we're always happy to communicate. Most of you will know that we didn't reach our original target for Indiegogo funding, but that has never stopped us from making progress. We've always been determined not to let a single backer down. So we carried on working hard, sat down at the table, and came up with a new plan. We managed to find a global business partner who would help us deliver the console to backers and to the retail market. Part of the new plan was conceiving more versions of, of the C64, which is the name, the in caps C64, necessitating an alteration to our original timeline and business plan. In conversations with, with retailers, it has become clear that the wider retail market is demanding the C64 Mini, more so than our full full size design. Putting this mini model production f- first in the production, putting the, this mini model first in the production timeline will mean that not only will we have the capital to deliver to the backers and pre-order customers that have supported us, but we will also give them far more than the product they originally paid for. So this is the first announcement here where it's like, okay, we don't have enough money to give you what you backed. Right. The full working C64. So we now are thinking of this mini and we can sell this to get the capital to go back and deliver to you what we already took your money for and promised. Okay. that's I'm paraphrasing, but I think I got that right. I think. To show our thanks to those who have supported us and who have had the kind and patience to put up with the time scales that have admittedly been longer than anticipated, we'd like to make the following announcement. Anyone, everyone who backed the original Indiegogo campaign by backing a console or pre-order a console from our website prior to today will not only... Oh, they also did pre-orders on the website. We don't know what they did there. They'll not only get their full-size the C64, but also a limited edition the C64 Mini games console set. Okay. Our aim is to deliver the C64 Mini console to backers and pre-order supporters in time for Christmas 2017. At this stage, we are still completing and testing the firmware, so we must stop short of guaranteeing this date. Okay. Then the follow-up update after that, uh, following on the good news of last week that relevant backers were getting a CC4... We thought we we might like you might like news on the global launch of the Brandon first model out, which was launched last Friday to the world. So you can follow the overall progress of the project. Here is the launch video. So they started making global headlines about the C sixty four mini. Yeah. I saw it everywhere on yep. Twitter, in videos. Holy shit, this is coming out. Obviously, they have a Super Nintendo coming out. What a coincidence! It was the date the SNES test came out, September 29th, Right? Yeah. The news comes out. This is this is coming out, right? And now they're starting to show the mini uh, everywhere. It looks like uh, at different events. And now they have, you know, on the October update, they're showing um, the scale of a CGI render or just a render of the mini versus the full, and it's like a half scale. All right, this is the issue, Ian, and you've probably seen it, that they now have to go put out an alternate product in order to completely fund the original that they took money for a year and a half ago. Yeah. Not only that, though, and, oh, 
the main websites I've seen report this have not stated this fact. No, they haven't, and they they, they just regurgitate the press release. Which which again, was, that's what I was initially just going to barrel into. But we had I wanted to, set to it get, up. Get, yeah, I yeah, know. The I understand. Because at first, thought we, when, we, when we go over this topic, we're like, wait a minute. We've is this seen the, something like this? Is this the same company? Yeah. Because it wouldn't make sense. You thought at first maybe it was a different company. I said it wouldn't make sense for it to be a different company to put out two Commodore sixty four, you know, products. So we went back and look, and said, oh, they weren't hiding it. They, it's on the Indiegogo, but of course that's not being reported out to the world about right. this. In the press release, said, hey, by the way, guys, if you don't buy this mini, we can't finish our product that we took a hundred thousand dollars for. Yeah, that's problematic to me. A little bit. That, that's just, a little bit. <laughs> I just have tiny issues. It's problematic that. that they have to do that. They, they got to do what they got to do. But no one's reported on that. They're yeah, exactly. They're, I mean, at least in the updates here, pretty upfront about that. Sure. I, I have huge issues with it, but they're they're upfront about. It. Yeah. No one's reporting that. Well, I don't know about other YouTubers, what? but the the, I, the I, business sites, the news sites, the game it, sites. Aren't. I wouldn't be shocked if some YouTubers didn't report that information. I'm not saying. Ian and I are the fucking Woodward and Bernstein here, but I, I wanted, it rung a bell with me that we talked about a Kickstarter like this before. Well, yeah, we both, and you know what the thing is, is it took 30 minutes, 15 minutes, it took 15 minutes sure. to look look at this. So, I'm just going to go, I, 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 if you want to look up the IGN one while I talk about this, Forbes one, the Forbes one to me was egregious, uh, because the Forbes article not only reports on it, but advertises for it, saying Commodore 64 Mini poised to continue the hot retro gaming trend. That sounds like a sponsored advertisement almost to me. They don't know it's going to continue any hot rate. Yeah, but is it just trend. one of those Forbes bloggers? I mean, anyone can sign up for a Forbes blog. It's a contributor. Oh, okay. It's a contributor with a full bio on the site. Opinions expressed by Forbes contributors are their own. Okay. So it, it just rubbed me really the wrong fucking way that they're not reporting that this is a linchpin to complete, to this point, a failed crowdfunding campaign from a year and a half ago. Right? Yep. Am I wrong about that? All right. So here's the Commodore 64 mini console announced via IGN. It's going to probably autoplay a video. Making a comeback. Meh. Um, yeah, classic home computer, the Commodore 64, is staging a comeback. This time is a fully licensed mini version. Actually, I don't think that's... Is that fully licensed? Anyways, clocking in at 50% the size, 64 mini is a small recreation of the much-loved 1982 console, updated for modern audiences with high-definition output via HDMI, a bundled joystick, and two USB ports for keyboards or additional joysticks. Um... Yeah, I mean, I I don't need to keep going. It's just a press release. Is is GameSpot just a press release too? I'm sure. GameSpot. Uh, I mean, I'm just sort of sick of this happening with all these products that aren't even doing. You want to say half hour? Fucking ten minutes yes. of research. Yeah, I well, I shortened it, shortened it. It wasn't yeah, ten minutes. I mean, we, we us probably talking about it was ten minutes yes. about what is going on here. Was this a Kickstarter? Let's go to the old Kickstarter. And see it. I'd be like, oh, let's look at the updates of the Kickstarter. Okay. Oh, there's the mini shown right there. Now they're talking about... Done. Did this be, yeah, done. Give me my fucking Pulitzer. Yeah. <laughs> give, me, give me your paycheck. I'm not even saying that, but I'm just saying you got to do better. 
The Nerdist one. Did the Nerdist talk about this at all? Let's see. Did the Nerdist talk about it? GameSpot? They just, they basically reiterated the GameSpot one. Okay. <coughs> if you if you purchase the 64 Mini, you'll be getting 64 original Commodore 64 games. Uh, it's going to cost around $70. has no definitive release date. Oh, okay. They reported it, Nerdist. Oh, good. This usually wouldn't be a big deal, except the maker behind the C64 Mini did previously execute a successful... Successful? Did previously su- execute a successful Indiegogo campaign for full-size replica, which has still not materialized for donors, even though its original release date was supposed to be sometime in December 2016. Good. That's a good start. Good try. That's a good start. Not successful, though. Not successful. <laughs> yeah. Successful, they got the money. Not successful, they put out products. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, how do, who's success are we talking about? <laughs> But if you go to the GameSpot article, the GameSpot article, do they mention what the Nerdist one just did? Uh, no. They, they, they mentioned that they have the full-size, fully working version is, is releasing in 2018. But they don't uh, mention the, the last one you go. So the Nerdist. Good on you, Nerdist. One out of five? I think they do it four, like one out of four? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. My head hurts, though. Yeah, no, it's not a good feel. Because you, if you, I'm not saying the mini's a bad idea. I'm actually not. I actually like the idea of that. Sure. I do. I like the little joystick. 70 bucks, I don't think it's terrible. Dollar game about. It looks cute. You can hook up a keyboard to the mini keyboard. And use it as a C64, they'll probably They'll probably crack it. There's looks like there's a, a USB mini or something. They'll probably crack it and be able to put on more. 64 games. Yeah. But the fact that a, to this point, failed Indiegogo campaign will live or die in all, in all those donations based upon the success of a product that has come out to save it, that sort of rubs my nipples the wrong way. That's all I'm saying. Would that be counterclockwise or clockwise? Could you do both in one direction? Or is that kind of weird to do that? Is that, is that more know, natural? I don't like that. All right. So... In Loot Crate. Loot Crate. It's a geek box of epic proportions. With epic things in it. Like it's, an epic t-shirt. Once a month, you get this delivered to your door of your loved one and or yourself. Maybe, maybe maybe pet. Yeah. Does Spike want a Loot Crate? You want to give him the Spike? He would, he would like the box. He would like the box? He would like the crate. <laughs> He'd thank you thing. by biting you on the wrist. <laughs> yes, he would. <laughs> but you get exclusive items every month. Uh, mini figures, you get a t-shirt, you get medallions. Usually you get a little little pin. You're, you're thinking of Spike? My little guard cat. <laughs> guard cat? Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mess with that cat. <laughs> so go to uh, lootcrate.com slash pat, enter code pat, and you save 10% on any new Loot Crate subscription box. What were the ones you enjoyed from the past? Little items from there. I've enjoyed the figurines mostly, especially since they've uh, started doing more than just pops. Uh, I've always enjoyed the Many t-shirts. Things do. Um, I like the uh, the pins and things like that. Um, those have been what have always interested me. The Pikachu knit hat that was, yes. is fun. That was fun. Did Vonnie yes. get that one? Yes. She did get that one? Mm-hmm. Um, I was wearing the Zelda shirt at the convention this past weekend. That's but, a really nice Zelda shirt. It is. Yeah. I, so I wear some of these Loot Crate shirts. All those shirts are actually really nice. October's theme is mythical. Ooh. So what does mythical bring us? You get unreal items from Marvel, Ghostbusters, Stranger Things, and Buffy the Ian Slayer. I mean Vampire Slayer. <laughs> what? Synonymous. Uh, one <laughs> lucky subscriber will also win a mega crate of 
epic proportions. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive the Mythical Crate. When that cutoff, cutoff happens, you have to wait for the next month. Go to lootcrate.com slash pat, enter code pat again to save 10% on any new subscription. Well, there you go. Be mythical. You know? Well, don't be too mythical because then you'll disappear. Is that, is that what happens? You put on that Lord of the Rings ring and you just be gone and, and, see, the, and see the world in a Photoshop filter for a few <laughs> few moments? Yeah. What was the, uh, there was a Doctor Who episode where they, they turned into stone and people realized it was like the, it was like the Photoshop like filter do like the outline of them like gray and white or like it was literally like they just used like, like a built-in photoshop oh some, really something like that it was like from like the 90s or, or, or something like that that's or, funny or 10 years ago it was funny anyway that's loot crate and do we like that's it fruit and veggie bars yeah we definitely do uh they are delicious snacks that's it fruit and veggie bars well they're quite simple uh the fruit ones uh it's I... an apple and a number of uh you know other fruits, like maybe a banana or 10 cherries or 12 strawberries. Yeah, and that's confusing it. it. But it's, it's apple and one other fruit in the bar. And so, that's it. Like, Done. There's like an apple apple and uh, strawberry one. There's an apple and blueberry one, which is delicious. There's yep. an apple and pear one. There's an apple, I think, mango one, apple and, and, and coconut one, I believe. There was an there, 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 coconut. Yeah. There's an apple and mango with chile. Oh, really? Very tasty. Okay. Yes. Here's the Very point. Tasty. It took me four months. I figured out how it works. That's, there's only there's no other ingredients in the that's it fruit bar. Yeah, he finally got it. I finally got it. I've been trying to explain it to him for it's a full, four months. It's a full serving of fruit. Uh-huh. Full serving. And you get the fiber in there. There's no preservatives. Non-GMO. Organic. We're good, right? Yeah. Then they got that's it veggie bars. I'm not sure which I like more. Um, these I've, are crunchy. These are like a like a, almost like a savory, slightly sweet granola bar. Black it, beans make up the bulk of it like dried yeah. black beans and they're crispy crunchy like a like a rice crispy yeah and then they they work in another they work in another vegetable similar to the how the fruit bars work they'll work in like carrots or uh peas my crunchy favorite. dried peas yeah, or, or crunchy corn yeah i think the pea one is is great uh, um they do kale um i like all of these and these they add you know just a little sea salt they add a little bit to these and they they use uh the natural um vegetable glycerin that comes about from making it to basically just hold everything together sure so um, so these are under 100 calories oh yeah you can is, this one this kale one's 80 only and you get four grams of fruit protein in this bar that's yeah. a lot for yeah, you, you 80 gra- calorie bar grab four of these buddy pails and put them down next to you when you're playing video games at night and you're good to go you will see me pushing these without getting paid for them during the nes marathon you see me pushing these without getting yes. paid for them far more than i, know, I it probably is, should it is like i'm gonna i'm gonna open i'll open the package up right now yeah. oh yeah was that Delicious. a was that a rookie piece uh, or what <laughs> I said... it, was, it was a mark mcguire pale bar <laughs> so sorry i'm eating on, on on audio here but they're delicious he's not he's not sorry Sometimes I smear I smear a little bit of peanut butter on it. I want a little extra little kick. I kind of feel like having a cherry one, but I don't have one with me right now. So here's the deal, people. This is the this is a great sponsor. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so, it is. <laughs> Are we allowed to play favorites with sponsors? I don't really have my favorites, but I am for them. <laughs> yeah, me too. Go to thatsitfruit.com, enter code CU podcast, and save ten percent off any order. Yep. There. They even have little I hear they have other items now, too. Yeah, we're waiting to try these other little items. Yeah. Uh, if I find them, I will report back. They may may involve I chocolate. Eat, 
I eat one to two of these a day now. I'm not even kidding. No, I'm not either. I I do as well. I literally they they, they have become they have taken over my my late night snacking. That's it. Are you sure there's nothing else in here that's that's making us eat one of these a day? I just want to be sure. <laughs> no, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Okay, that's it. All right. All right. Um, the Retrobit Generations didn't do that well uh, in terms of critical acclaim when it first came out uh, about a year or so ago. Wasn't it um, bad sound, bad... I mean, it was just bad... Just bad emulation. It was just bad emulation. Some games were flipped the wrong way when you played them. Some games, the frame rate was supposedly really choppy and just awful. I'm talking like five frames unplayable. I'm talking like MAME 1997 emulation where... You're playing on your 486 still. Oh, that's you're, good. You're playing on your Gateway 2000, and you can't it's, 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 you can't play Mercs, you know, right. I'm talking, I think Mercs was one of the games that was on there. But there's another Retrobit console coming out called the Retrobit Supercade. Yeah, the Retrobit Supercade Holiday 2017, $59.99, which I believe is actually cheaper than the original one was. Maybe this is their attempt to uh, make up... Um, It'll be packed with 90 popular games, they say, from Capcom, Data East, and others. And it looks like they're including a bunch of the same games from previous, so that yeah. whoever got burned on it the first time will, you know, maybe this time get what they were looking for. It was a bunch of Capcom games, uh, some Data East games. Uh, you had you had some... Uh, did you have any Konami games? You have City Connection on there. Woo! Um... <laughs> Owned! Uh, Mega Man 2, Joe and Mac, Bad Dude, Strider, Burger Time, Ghosts and Goblins, Final Fight, and more. Um, I can't remember if this is supposed to be arcade ports or if it's... Uh, well, because you know, Mega Man 2 doesn't have an arcade the port. The video shows you that there, there are... There different... Are, are different... Okay. Yeah, there wasn't a Mega Man 2 arcade game that I know of. No. But... <laughs> so, I mean... What's, what's interesting about the system, though, is that... it. To me, it looks like a follow-up. I mean, it looks like this is us trying again. So, okay, if you look at it, the, the first console had over 100 games, and then they changed it up. So you have a lot of the cool Capcom arcade games. They have Sly Spy, but they're calling it Secret Agent. All right, I fucking love Sly Spy. Not sure why they re- renamed it. You have Ghouls and Ghosts, 1943 on here. Uh, Knights of the Round, which is an excellent... You have Side Pocket. Captain Commando, you have Final Fight, Final Fight Two. I don't remember playing that in the arcade, but it's here. Uh, Forgotten Worlds. Uh, it looks like uh, Final Fight Three. Okay, two and three could just be the Super Nintendo. Versions. They show Final Fight Three on the, on the video. It's not Final Fight Three, which I just think is funny. Uh, let's see. You go on in the video here. Um, you have Final Fight One, Bad Dudes, Armored Warriors. I don't remember playing that one. Codename Viper, which is clearly the, clearly the NES version. You have an updated Burger Time one. I don't know which Burger Time game that is. I'm not hugely familiar with the franchise, but that's, obviously that's not the arcade. Mega Man 3, which is obviously the NES version. Final Fight 3, Strider, which is... Wait, hold on. That's, was that Strider the, uh, Strider the NES version? I thought it was the arcade one on here. Uh, Gunsmoke, which looks like the arcade. Mighty Final Fight, which is NES. You have Mercs, which is an arcade game, obviously. Legendary Wings. Trojan, which is the arcade one. It's a mix of... Yeah, Joe and Mac... Uh, Karate Champ was like the original arcade one. Magical Drop two, Side Pocket, another Burger Time was like the that's that's the old school arcade one. So there's two different Burger Times on here, which is weird. Uh, Heavy Barrel, Mega Man two, they spotlight Fighters History, they spotlight for some reason. Super Ghouls and Ghosts, they spotlight the arcade Striders. You get both versions on there. So this is a respectable list, in my opinion. 
of games. Sure. I think it's a big upgrade over last year's list. If you remember last year's list, there was a lot of, like, weird stuff on there. There was a lot of games that were, like, just, oh, we got, like, Ninja Jaja Maru-kun, like, some sort of, like, Famicom game. Ninja Jaja Maru-kun, yeah. I mean, which which is a good game, and, I mean, people know it, but it's not... It's not, is that, it's not a system seller. No. Uh, sorry, Ring King's not going to be a system seller or rival turf on the Super Nintendo. Like Ring, no King, one's... Ring King shouldn't sell anything. Should sell, I don't know, I think it's not bad. Uh, they had Super 3D Noah's Ark uh, on there last year, for example. Uh, they had uh, Field Combat and Exerion, those ones you always see on, on multi-cars that are on the Famicom. Yeah. So again, these are not like, whoa, I'm excited about this. Yeah. No, the, this, the has, ar- this has a lot better The arcade names. 10-yard fight. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> And I like 10-yard fight, but whoa, <laughs> base is loaded too. You know, it's like, all right. So this is a better list. But but if, if this is going to have the same issues of the Retrobit Generations, it's not going to do that well. This yeah. has HDMI and AV outputs, uh, SD slot to save and transfer game progress. Transfer game progress to where? Another another uh, retro, Retrobit Super Retrocade? Oh, that's kind of strange. I'm, I'm sure they're going to crack it. Yeah, that's... I think the interface is probably going to be better. I heard the interface was a little problematic, too, on this. I didn't review it, but I didn't see that many good reviews. When I didn't came see out any year. good reviews of it. But I see this as a follow-up saying, okay, we're going to fix what happened last year. And hopefully, you know, hopefully they do that. It also comes with two of those controllers with triggers and, and four buttons on the top. Save states. Uh, there you go. The SD card slot is probably going to, you're probably going to be able to add more games. I'm thinking that someone will, will crack this. And this is going to cost $60. So there you go. I think if it's, a, if it's a dollar game or less, you're in good good shape. But what's going to happen five years from now when these come out every year, when you have people with a collection of like 40 of these, you know, uh, ROM boxes as we call them? Yeah. Is I, that what we're going to be looking at in the future? I, I, is that, that going to be the, the retro game collector 20 years from now is going to have a bunch of ROM boxes? And be, oh, that one has 60 games in it. That one has 100 games and it was garbage, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they're, they're essentially, you know, the new multi-cart. They just come with a controller and you plug them in. Excellent, and they actually are. They're a multi-console multi-cart. Yeah, and and I don't know. We we don't take them in. We have no use for them. I don't. I don't know that I necessarily trust their longevity. Um, they put Jim Power on the Retrobit generation. I thought that was funny. That is funny. So all right, uh, I guess. Well, let's. I, I never wish for a bad product because people are spending money. No. on it. So we're we're hoping that this does better, especially because critically. it has a pretty decent list of games on it. Oh sure, there's a lot of games around there never released on a, on a, a, a you know like a, in proper console format. You know, so there you go. All right, this was an interesting story that someone I know actually knows a person involved with the story. So this is an E-Bombs World story. Remember E-Bombs World? I did. I forgot about it until I saw the link. <laughs> That's where you see a lot of awful videos and stuff, like uh, car yeah. accidents and stuff, yeah. and like porn mishaps, something I know. Right? Is that E-Bombs World? I forget. So, uh, guy lost a huge opportunity to work at Microsoft because he talked trash online. All right. Follow with me. I'm going to try not to read the whole story, but I'm going to have to to do this. And you can give in your two cents here and there. All right. One of the Halo communities. Famous map creators, I'm reading this for a baby, you can check out the article. Okay. Multi-Lock-On recently landed a job at 343 Industries, Microsoft's subsidiary that makes a, the new generation of Halo games. It all seemed perfect opportunity uh, for the ambitious level designer to make money doing what he enjoys. He shares the good news on the Team Beyond forums, saying that, hey, I'm super stoked to be doing this, uh, blah, blah, blah. So this person, Multi-Lock-On, had a history of posting some bad things 
uh, about other Halo community members, uh, but also about the development team that he was just going to go work for. Including saying things like, no one at 343 deserves their job. Maybe he didn't like some, I guess, uh, last the last Halo comes out, he was on like, some of the maps. He didn't like four or five was basically, it, it gets into it. All right, this this gets good. So, he, after quitting his job, shipping his belongings, and placing a down payment on an apartment in Bellevue, Washington, 343 Industries, his new em- potential employers, found out about all his forum posts and they rescinded their offer from him. Oh, fuck. Multi-lock-on came on to express his side of the story. This is a little embarrassing, and I've struggled back and forth about posting this publicly, but I think it's best if I explain to everyone. Um, as of yesterday, 343 revoked their offer to me as a level designer. It seems they weren't pleased with the way I've criticized them in the past, between my posts on Forge Hub and beyond. So whoever made the anonymous account on uh, the Reddit Halo uh, <laughs> posted screenshots of old posts. Congrats, you won. In fact, you won to the extent that I already I already quit my prior job, sold my place in California, placed a $2,500 payment on an apartment in Bellevue, Washington, among other expenses, and began transporting my belongings up there, only to find out from the agency I was working under that my offer was withdrawn, which puts me in a tricky position where I'm both unemployed, no Trey Arc or 343, I guess he worked there before, and scrambling to find some place to live as I briefly moved my belongings to my parents during this weird transition phase. So life has definitely thrown me a curveball here. Okay. One of his maybe prior enemies, or someone he talked trash about online, probably said, hey, this is interesting. Wonder what they're going to think about a guy potentially working for you that you talk trash about him. Yeah. And saying they didn't deserve a job. Okay. Now, he, to his credit, he says the following. Now, hear me, I'm not looking for pity. I'm, I believe I'm currently reaping what I've sowed. And it's not that I regret criticizing 343 publicly in the past because they are not above reproach. I noticed as well. But rather, the way I've been gone about it could always have been more professional, at least considering that my goal has always been to be in the industry, I should have held myself to a higher standard. If that's not your goal, then flame on. I suppose a little patience over the years could have gone a long way in this moment. I just wish communication would have been a bit clearer going either way to have avoided the pickle I'm currently in. I don't know what communication could have avoided the pickle you're in. So, okay. I don't want to wish this guy's life will, will off, always be this awful. No, neither do I. I mean, honestly, this is an awful situation to be in. You, you quit your job, you, you get rid of your place, you're moving two states away, right? Then your offer's automatically already gone. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? This is karma coming around and hitting someone in the face. I've seen this happen in the little retro gaming community where people either talk trash about other creators or about venues and word so, gets around and suddenly find themselves not invited to conventions again out. yeah, or not working with other content creators because they talk trash about other creators. You, yeah. you got to be careful. My, my, my take on this is I don't want this guy's life to be miserable forever. Uh, I want him to learn a lesson from this. He can rebound from this. He can. I mean, if he was working at Triarch, he's got skill. I mean, he he can he'll be able to find another job and he'll rebound. But I'm I, I I'm glad to see that there is repercussion for being an asshole online. Yeah, thinking that your words words don't matter. Yeah, that being a keyboard uh, warrior is going to you know keep you from ever, as, as, you especially know, in the industry you that you want to work in. That's what's so shocking to me that you don't think this can come back to haunt you in some way. Yeah, like, like that's you don't incredibly sh- short sighted. You, you don't shit where you sleep. Yeah, and, the, and and again, to his credit, the person that I know that knows this person said that when he worked with him, yeah, he seemed like a nice guy. Right. He seemed all right, you know? 
But when you're online, you, you, you get a little little punchy. Mm-hmm. You get a little too big for your britches sometimes, and you, and you do things that you wouldn't say to someone in person. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna say anything else, or other people get pissed at me. But <laughs> yep. But I've encountered it. Hey, I'll say it. I've encountered it. Most of the people that have talked trash about me and or Ian, they got a chance to say it to my face in person, confront me. All but one person. All but one backed down and couldn't do it in person. And the one person that did was drunk. So they had some beer strength. So I kind of respected <laughs> it a little bit. Kind of respected that. There was, a, there was a 50% respect. There was a 30% there. respect to that. <laughs> So you get a different personality when you're online, when you post, but in real life, yeah, it, it how's the best way to phrase this? It's not as, it's not distinct as you would like. It bleeds over, uh, the internet world to real life. You can't totally separate those lines. No, you, know, you can't, you're, you're, and, and what you, once you put stuff out there, it comes back to haunt you. I've been sent screenshots of people talking trash about me. And those screenshots sent to other people uh, about that person. And those people then are persona non grata, for example. Sorry. Persona non grata. <laughs> Sorry. You like that? I, I just like the way it rolls. Sounds, like it sounds like almost like a cheese that changed into a person. Persona yeah. non grata. Oh, yeah. Is that what it is? So, like I said, again, I don't, I don't wish the person ill will for all times, but they fucking deserve this. You can't, you can't lightly say, yeah, no one deserves their fucking job and then work for those people. Hey, Bill, last year I said you don't deserve your job. Yeah, you want to grab grab a cup of coffee with me? <laughs> no, sorry. Let's have a water cooler chat about why you don't deserve your job. Oh, you see Kirby enthusiasm? Yeah, yeah. I said I called you an asshole last year online though too. Oh, okay. No, that's not how the real world works. Sorry. How about the game? By the way, I called you a cuck six months ago. <laughs> I'm sure someone who's talked trash about me wants to work with me in the future, and I hope the situation happens where hey Pat, remember that person who says something? I'm like oh, thanks for reminding me. All right. So, uh, real high on the list of bad ideas for movies, um, we're getting a Sonic the uh, so- Sonic the live action movie, Sonic the Hedgehog live action movie. Now, I believe we actually talked about this for a uh, little bit on a podcast um, uh, previously. Who know? I mean, we've been doing this for over four years. It was now. all the movie, the games based movies based on games and development. We mentioned it. Yeah, that's right. And it was uh, Sony put it on the back burner. But it was picked up by Paramount Pictures. One of the few good Sony moves they've made in the movie industry the past five, six years. Yeah. So they want to do this. And, uh, I mean, who the hell knows why? Um, Fast and Furious producer Neil H. Moritz and Deadpool director Tim Miller. So I love Deadpool. I like that movie a lot. We'll be on it. Um, it, it, It's it's, uh, rumored to be... um, It's going to be a blend of live action and CG... Uh, you know, Sonic would be CG. Basically, all the characters in the movie that are, are from Sonic's universe would be CG. Uh, inexplicably mixed into uh, a real-world setting. Um, I don't know why. Uh, every time they've really tried to mix, like, human characters into Sonic the Hedgehog games, it hasn't even worked out well. So, I don't know. Was there one who's, like, hitting on a woman or something? One of them? Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2006, I think. Uh, he falls in love with a, a, a woman or something. Some like little that. bestiality going on I in don't, there. Maybe. You know. I don't. Did she reciprocate the feeling? That's <laughs> I mean, really creepy. I don't want to think about this. Yeah. So a female hedgehog? And, it, you know, and they there was uh, the, the cartoon where they lived with, like, a human family, and I don't think anyone Okay, I like, never saw yeah, that. That was Sonic X. Yeah. I never saw that. So, anyways... Um, 
there's not exactly a, a real good pedigree for this sort of thing. Why not just make a, a computer animated movie for kids and, and this, Sonic, this or, is what or, they should teenagers. do because I'm going to admit something. Oh, I watched with Vani the entire first season of Sonic Boom, the most recent Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon. Okay, it's computer animated. Uh, it's all CG. Do you like it? It was funny as fuck. I okay. loved it. It was humorous. It was quality good slapstick. It had some. Sonic slapstick, all right. Some some funnier, smarter jokes. Um, they constantly poked fun at their low budget. Uh, you know, I mean, it's like, I mean, this, the first season ends with you know the two helper robots saying, "Please come back next season. We have a hundred more stories to tell you with eight characters in four locations." You know, I mean, like, it's good. A it's, meta humor. It's, it's a little self aware. It's it's enjoyable by kids and adults. They could just do something like that with a bigger budget. And it would probably fly and probably be pretty decent. I don't know why they keep trying to do all of this. Why? 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 Why just? Why sway it's, from what you've already seen working? I it's, mean, it's, well, it's, it's it's in its third season on Cartoon Network. Why? Why not try something that you at least see working a little bit when when a video game movie is probably going to fail anyways? Why? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, there's a couple of points I'm, I'm trying to make here. The first is the mix of live action and CG. Yes. It's jarring to look at. Yes. It's like, okay, I'm trying to suspend my disbelief. We have a, a, a hedgehog that can run really, really fast. Mm-hmm. And, and, a, and a buddy with two tails that's like a yellow raccoon or something. He's, he's an orange fox. Okay. Oh, okay. I just had the, the, the stuff with the two tails, which I still have that. He's cute. And then Knuckles was an echinade or whatever. Echidna. Whatever. Shows how much I know. And, they, and I do know that there's Eggman and Robotnik, and they're like the same guy, kind Eggman's of. Eggman's the same. It's okay. they they different. I showed a little bit of cred here. Uh, I'm not acknowledged. And you rescue bunnies and rabbits and get, get coins. <laughs> okay, that's enough of entertainment value and special disbelief to be in that whatever in the, the Green Hill Zone. Now you're gonna put in what New York City running around? Yeah, why? Next to people, like, oh, look at that thing go! It's just like, come on, man. Did that work with Smurfs? Did that bring Smurfs to the real world? Why? I'm sorry, Andre. Smurfs don't work anywhere. Oh, whoa. Shots fired at Andre. And Andre watches some of these videos. I love you, Andre. (laughs) Smurfs don't work anywhere. (laughs) That's been an awkward NES marathon. Um, (laughs) But it it especially doesn't work when you take them out of where you want to see them. In the magical Smurf land. Where the hell it is. I don't know where it is, Andre. Sorry, I don't know my Smurfs that well. But... Just a bad idea. Second point. Are there enough Sonic fans out there to to really sustain a, a major motion picture release of this? Is there really? Assassin's Creed didn't do well. I would say Assassin's Creed is a bit bigger amount of fans than Sonic is, right? Sonic fans will yell loud enough to make you think that there's enough of them. but there's They'll yell loud. Yeah. They're a little, they're a little psychotic. A little bit. Sometimes. I'm, I'm married to one. Okay, she's a little psychotic. I love her <laughs> a little a little bit. There you go. That's your fan base right there. So, unless they do this on the cheap, maybe that's why they're doing it cheap, because they, they build in real backgrounds versus animated all. This isn't going to make a lot of money. It just isn't. I'm sorry. I'm not saying it's going to be bad. It's not going to make money. You're not going to see a sequel. No. No. You're not going to see the adventures of Tails and Knuckles fight back, strike back. I don't know. <laughs> 
Right. I'm, I'm running out of my knowledge of Sonic characters. Are there any other Sonic characters I know should know about? Amy Rose. Amy Rose is, is that the girlfriend? That's the that's the pink one. That's the pink one. It's, that's the never quite. Is that interest. is that is that like how there's a there's a pink female? Uh, R, R, was it RC in Transformers the movies? They made a, a female Transformer. They made her pink. It's like okay, pink for every every female character. I understand. Well, it was it was Rosie Rascal first. Anyway, whatever. I feel like I know too much about the Sonic. They're doing well. I do too sometimes. All, All right, right, so so it, it's bad. Will this be made? <laughs> I still don't think it's going to be made. I don't care if they took it over. I still do not think this is going to be made. I kind of want it to be made just to to show Sonic fans just to see. This is what you this is what you asked for because they so they can, they, can, they have a better Comic Con presence at a dancing <laughs> guy in Sonic outfit and, and hot dogs on a platter. Hey, those things are sort of <laughs> fun. The last wanna... one, I mean, they're kind of amusing. Okay. There's no word on who will be writing the film, which is why there's no word on what the film will be or about. But we can guess. We have to do it. Sonic bunch of squawking teenagers slapping at typewriters. (laughs) Okay then. All right. Ian, do shave? No. Dollar Shave Club though is for you. (laughs) It's for anyone. You don't even have to shave if you would like a nice razor. (laughs) It's got a good handle, some heft. Okay. Well, here's the deal. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash podcast, and you can get a one-month membership of any razor, any razor for only $1, free shipping, no commitments. You can cancel at any time. Um, they're high-quality razors. There's usually I, the executive has four blades on that sucker. And, uh, yeah, it works well. They're good for travel or just for everyday use. And what what I like about them as well is, you know, sometimes you, you get like those ones from the store, they're all plastically and yeah, these are this is nice sturdy. Yeah. Nice sturdy. They these stay crunchy even in milk. They stay crunchy even in milk? Yeah. Okay, I, I haven't tried that. I haven't tried that. But <laughs> but yeah, check it out. They also have uh they also have shave starter sets out there as well. Uh there's no catch, you can cancel anytime. They got shave butter. They got the Calming Amber Lavender Body Cleanser. I have used the body cleanser. It is nice. Have you used the <laughs> What? The One Wipe Charlies? I have not used the One Wipe Charlies. Okay. I have not used the One Wipe Charlies. Should I have used the One Wipe Charlie in the I don't past? know, but I mean, it sounds like it would probably be, you know. Did, did Charlie invent the One Wipe Charlie? I don't know. Am I wiping with Charlie? My grandfather's name was named Charlie. <laughs> Okay, well, we will never be using these products. Okay, hey, <laughs> but you will at dollarshaveclub.com slash CU podcast. And like I said, any razor there for a dollar, free, free shipping, no commitments, and cancel at any time. All right, then. And finally, we have. Oh, do we have one? We have one. We have a scumbag? Seller. 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 Of. Seller. Of. of. Oh, the week. The week. 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 Okay, Ian. All right. This scumbag saw the week. Already canceled their auction, but this was sent to me by three different people before. This was the person, Ian. This person wanted to auction off an SNES Classic Mini Edition uh, with a price of US $6,000, free shipping, uh, saying that they would donate half of that to uh, disaster relief. User, well, it looks like it's Mike D zero four eight three. Yes, is yes, that, that is that is it. Mike D zero four eight three. 
Okay. So, in the description of this, they said, Brand new Super Nintendo Mini Classic. Preloaded with the best 21 games around. Free overnight shipping in the USA. Alright, so whatever. You can try to sell whatever you want for a heinous amount of money. But what makes this disgusting is the following. 50% of the sell price will go to Puerto Rico Disaster Relief. I will email you a copy of the check we sent. Please check out my other N64 and SNES collections. Collections, not all. Alright, so let me get this straight, guy. You want us to bid up an item that's 20,000% over the retail price. Right. And you're not even saying, I'm going to give all the proceeds. You're going to give half the proceeds. So, you are still tugging on my heartstrings based upon a disaster that wiped out the power grid of an entire country, and a lot of people still don't have, like, food and water. We're struggling to get to them. Because remember, they are U.S. citizens, Puerto Ricans. So much of it's still submerged. I was looking at pictures yesterday of cars that have water up to, like... So a lot of it still has to drain? You basically can just see, like, the hump of the car over the water. Puerto Rico's in trouble. They're screwed for the next years. Like, years. Oh, they're fucked. This is going to be... They're not It's awful. They're not going to be up and running, like, like anytime soon. They're talking about certain people just not being able to come back. I mean, it's just not to, to where they live. Yeah, yeah, it's just not possible. So, so it's bad. So, for you to take that and try to make money off of it is is horrible. Just fucking disgusting. Horrible. I don't understand. I don't understand like how you can think that's a good be a good idea unless you're doing it for the det- attention for your other fucking shitty items. I don't know. Which is also still awful. Awful. Because you are stepping on the back of hurt people to make money so, one way or another. It's not a fucking joke. Yeah. One way, one way or so, another, you're using this to make money, whether it was through this simple or to gain attention to your other auctions. Yeah. I don't give a shit about your vintage porcelain figurine man in Japan. I don't give a shit about your fucking um, UNC infant baby hat. It's disgusting. When your kid grows up, you could say, hey, Remember when I did that? Uh, let, me, let me tell you a story what Daddy did on, on, on my eBay listing. Oh. To capitalize on the tragedy. To try to get thousands of dollars to buy you diapers. Based upon a Super Nintendo Classic Edition. Let me tell you the story. And your kid looked like, like you're crazy. Like, well, I can't believe you did that. Dad, why'd you do that? I didn't need diapers that badly. If I was the kid, I'd karate chop him in the fucking throat. <laughs> a little baby karate chop. Maybe, maybe he doesn't have a kid. I don't know. I'm just surmising based upon the infant hat, which I think is funny. So, again, that's a pretty pretty low thing. I'm not sure if that got canceled by eBay, or you, maybe you had to change the heart and realize what I was doing was disgusting. We can hope. Maybe it's a half scumbag side of the week. Maybe they need to change, reform scumbag side of the week. <laughs> I'd, l- I'd love to think that that was the case, but who, who knows? Okay. So, uh, we're not going to watch the Justice League trailer, Ian? No, I can't. We're not going to... We're not going <laughs> We're not going to talk about... We can be heroes. Was that the one that played? Justice, Justice League trailer came out. Ian's feeling a little under the weather to talk about it. But it looks just as bad. To me. I'm not saying it's going to be bad. The trailer's fucking awful. Okay. Now that's all I'm going to say. This isn't a topic. Hey, if you're listening to this on the MP3 version or audio version, here, you got the bonus content. You get, you get a little bonus snippet of that saying it looks awful. It still looks bad. I want to see it, though. Hopefully, I want to see if, if Joss Whedon turned it around. You know, versus what Snyder did. We'll see. Or maybe it was too far gone in there. I just want to make a with Aquaman. That's, okay. That's the bonus for all you MP3 listeners. You and my girlfriend both. There you go. <laughs> all right. 
<laughs> this was an interesting story that was from uh, CBC. This was a guy's gigantic movie collection. Trying to sell it. 17,212 movies. World's largest collection. Blu-ray, DVD, uh, Criterion Edition, out-of-print stuff. Uh, let's see. 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray HD DVD. When that lasted for like six months. DVD laser dick, di- laser dick, laser disc, <laughs> VHS, and beta. Um, okay. They said they're not going to be, they're not going to be, uh, oh, included are a, a few thousand films with digital copies. They're, they're all intact and never redeemed a single one. Um, there are 200, there are 2,500 additional items, including various editions that I don't have in my collection. Blah, 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 blah. This listing is still a work in progress. He's still adding once I guess he's finding. Uh, he has a YouTube video for more images. Search for 15,000 movies. He worked in a pawn shop for 10 years. He was able to collect thousands of limited collectors and promotional editions of movies on DVD and Blu-ray. Out of print bonus discs, slip covers, steel books, stickers, etc., 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 etc. Does not contain X-rated or pornographic films. Well, damn it. There you go. They're all Region 1 or A, North Amer- American disc players. Okay. This is a huge amount of physical media for anything. Yeah. Whether it's 17,000 games. But 17,000 movies. That some are, are out of print. There's a lot of VHS movies that never came on DVD or Blu-ray. The Criterion films go out of print uh, uh, almost immediately. Sure. The perspective, there's there's some that come on DVD. Like, I know Frank tries to find a lot of old movies that come on DVD. And they only sound like on fucking TCM edition or whatever. And those are, are bought by a few few whack, whack jobs like Frank. Like, no one else buys them. So they probably make like 1,000 or 2,000 of some of these. Sure. Low print runs. And then you can't find them in the secondary market until they die out. And then come back up. Just reasonable. Who watches TCM besides Frank and me sometimes? But anyway, so the point is, he wants one million dollars, which averages up or best to offer fifty eight dollars a movie. Does it? Yeah. So is that a reasonable price for DVDs and Blu-rays? In this, even if they're new, technically. No, um, I mean it, it. It's, I mean, right off the top of my head, no, it's it's not. Uh, you know, it would really depend on how curated, the, I mean, that collection is, but it makes it sound like, yeah, there's probably a lot of very expensive pieces in sure. there. But nothing that's going to, you know, by any means, I think, average it out to 58. Now, I realize that when you read the article about it, you know, he says he's, he, you know, he obviously a, a, a million dollar, you know, bid would be an instant sale. I think he I, he he insinuated he's open to other offers but he said he, he hasn't, better be but he said he hasn't had any he said he hasn't had any offer that's high enough for him yet so i i mean i don't know but i mean an average of 58 dollars per movie is absolutely insane right. i i admire the guy's passion his story oh, absolutely. Was, his story was interesting it started with jurassic park i think for a lot of people our age a fascination with movies started with jurassic park i was talking to the uh um the fellow who does uh, retail archaeology at one of the past um, uh, conventions, and you know, we were talking about how his all of our like his thing with movies started with Jurassic Park, and I, I it's a cool it's a cool story, but he's shooting way for the moon here. Sure, because not just who's gonna have money for this, who's gonna have the space, space for this. For if you you're gonna try to sell some of these rare ones, you got to take all the other ones that are worthless. And let's be honest, ninety five percent of physical media movies is worthless at this point. Yeah, they've in the past eight years. When I first moved here uh, at the swap meet, you could get five bucks maybe for a used DVD. You could, and then it quickly went down to three dollars, then the two. 
Now when you go, it's like you're three for five, dollar each, maybe a box set of a TV show is two or three dollars. It's done yeah. for the most part. It's gone. Because um, Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime has not everything but a chunk of reasonable priced you know, entertainment that you can just, oh, it's on, let's see. And they're always updating it. And so physical media, at least for movies, is going to be gone, at least, I think, in this country. Like, pretty soon. I mean, I, I mean, a, a DVD is just about gone. You can still buy a DVD, but a lot of times they just throw a DVD in with the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray. I'm, uh, for for Pathfinder's Punk Volume 5, I might just do Blu-ray and, just, and stop with DVD. I ask people, like, yeah, I don't know. I think DVD's done. But Blu-ray, I don't know if that's far behind. Probably At least for, not. well, if you're going to buy a YouTuber stuff. Yeah. But I mean, for movies, you can find elsewhere, though. Why, like, why would you go, go through that? Because then you end up with a ton like this, and then what are you going to do? VHS is weird, though. VHS, there are some VHS collectors out there. Yes, there are. I know James has, like, a, James' basement's amazing because he has, like, he basically reconstructed a, a, a rental store from, like, the 80s with, like, different sections, like mm-hmm. horror VHS and whatever, sci-fi. So there are some weird movies that are again are only stopped at VHS. So they're not on any other media. Yeah, and it's it's mostly it's 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 horror, sci-fi, um, weird independent movies, kung probably. fu movies. Yeah. you know, like action, some some you know low budget action films. Like a, a lot of those, you know, probably never got put on DVD. Absolutely, because who's who would buy a movie that was a cult? Not even cult. Like no one saw you know some sort of like Italian horror film from like seventy four. Like, no one saw it. No one cared about it. You know, like, why would that ever come out anywhere else? But sometimes they come out. But that's what's probably, to me, be the most interesting part is those VHS tapes. But, again, not a lot of people you're talking about that are going to want that. And it's, you have to find people who are going to be interested in the highbrow artsy stuff like the Criterion Collections, who are also interested in the, I don't actually think it's lowbrow, but the quote-unquote lowbrow stuff like, you know, the unknown VHS horror movies and stuff like that. And and that's the problem with selling off a huge collection all at once is you're it's going to be incredibly hard to find someone who's actually interested in all of everything you have and is willing to pay that much for all of it. You really want some? You really think a lot of people are going to want all four? There's four of them. Four Chipmunk movies on Blu-ray. No, they made four of those new Chipmunk movies. Holy shit! Or I mean, if he just took. I think he said he has 500 Criterion collections. If he just sold those, that would, chance. that would be easy. Yeah. Or easier. So I divide these up into subsets. Because you're looking at a million dollars. You said they're $58 each. And you want me to be generous and say you can get 3 to $5 each for these? Maybe I'll meet you there. Maybe I'll say $3 each. And that includes your shitty VHSs that are either worth something to one person out there or worth pennies. Right. You know, on the dollar. You want to say $3? I'll, I'll, I'll go, because I know some criterions are worth money because they're out of print. Oh, yeah. I'll go, I'll go, I'll meet you halfway. Because I was really going to say like a dollar or two each. I'll say $3 each. This isn't, this isn't going to pat me out. If you go $3 each on average, which probably is still a little high, you're talking about $51,636. How much? $51,636 for all these movies. Because trust me, use Blu-rays, no one's really buying much of those anyway. Blu-ray players um, are interesting because they quickly they quickly went from like $300 to like 20 bucks, Right. Because they had to move them and they realized, ooh, we sort of missed out the end of physical media. For, for, at least for movies, for yeah. the most part. 
I mean, I'm looking at a lot of these, and I'm just like, yeah, this has to be either one crazy person out there that with a ton of money and says, I want to watch movies for the rest of my life on VHS and HD DVD, which probably is a lot in the collection that are made a lot of them, and 4K Ultra HD, which, Jesus Christ, let's go to 8K, let's go to 12K. When are we going to stop with that? So, all right, dude. I wish you luck in selling these, but I'll be shocked if it gets to a tenth of, of a million dollars. I would. Right. All right, what do we got next, Ian? Uh, Q&A. Q&A time on the CU podcast. This is from at Lunar Archio. The Rick and Morty McDonald's incident. So yeah. what is he referring to, Ian? <clears throat> well, all right. So Rick and Morty, and most people know what it is. It's a a Cartoon Network adult swim show um, about a kid, Morty, his grandpa, Rick. Rick is a mad scientist. It's based on like Marty McFly and Doc Brown, they kind of look like. Yeah, I mean. kind of how it started. So... Um, they go on crazy adventures. I'm not going to get into too much of the cartoon, but there was a episode, was it earlier in this season or was it last season? I think it was the third season from what I saw. Okay. Then, yeah. It was, it was the first episode then of this season where they reference, um, Szechuan sauce, which was a, uh, chicken nugget dipping sauce that was, uh, tied in with, uh, the release of Mulan, uh, when it came out in... 98? Yeah, something like that. I saw that theater. It was a good movie. Which generated a joke and a meme, and um, it got really popular, and without the inclusion, and this is important, of um, without any Rick and Morty tie-in, um, McDonald's sought to capitalize on the popularity of the show and the fan well, base. It was like a throwaway joke, right? Yeah, it was. A, it was an absolute throwaway joke about how, and it was about how meaningless this sort of shit is. Okay, so 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 and, and, Rick, and it Rick was, said, "I want Szechuan sauce." Something I, I don't know. Something I, I I honestly don't remember it. I watched the episode weeks ago, um, but it was a throwaway joke. It was meaningless. McDonald's decides that they're going to try to um, cash in on it, and they decide that they're going to bring back this Szechuan sauce for one day only. Okay. They bring it back. Uh, it's only going to be at certain locations. They're only going to have like 20 or 30 cups per location. Um, they uh, Apparently, they put a tracker online that shows where it's going to be. Uh, people start showing up and lining up. The sauce isn't at the places where it's supposed to be. Uh, they start giving out tickets to get a cup of the sauce, but like they start handing out oh. the tickets way before they should. Okay. And... Uh, the whole thing ends in a debacle. Kids are crying. Uh, fans, entitled fans, are losing their shit and taking it out on, uh, you know, the people behind the counter over a throwaway joke that is honest. That was, in, in my, re- if I, as I recall, basically about um, h- how pointless this materialistic tchotchke bullshit that we, you know, it, it's not worth. I, I'm just mean in general. It's not worth like losing your mind over. Okay, this sort of stuff. N- Nintendo sees this on social media. Nintendo. Nintendo. Speaking of, uh, McDonald's sees this. The other, the, the Nintendo of of fast food, sees this. McDonald's, and they're like, okay, we can capitalize on this. Obviously, this isn't a tie-in officially, but like, oh, we can just bring back this sauce and put yeah. out some social media tweets that go, elbow, elbow, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. This is for you, Rick and Morty fans. You know, we can't say that probably legally. Because we might get in trouble. Yeah, they even tried to, like, type out the tweets in, like, a poorly done, like, 
attempt to so, mimic Rick's talking. So they thought that because McDonald's, uh, from my here, isn't doing that great nowadays because yeah. they're realizing their food kills you easily. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly, it can if you eat it for thirty years. Yeah. So they try this. They don't know what the demand's going to be. They don't know how the fans are potentially. I don't know how the fans are. I, to be honest, I heard of the show only over the past year. And I was like, oh, this seems interesting. I never saw one. I don't usually know where it's Cartoon a very Network good is show. on my dial. A lot of the fans are, well, there's a subset of the fans that are insufferable. Well, now you now you can see why. Yeah. Because the, the videos I po- posted, uh, the videos I posted, the videos I saw from people like, oh, look how funny this was. Everyone yelling, we want sauce, we want sauce. And the, the workers are like, what the fuck is this? One guy, uh, one fucking idiot gets up on the counter and stamps his feet and does a little uh, tirade, I guess, to be cool or edgy or ironic and then runs out. And it's like, what the fuck is this? Now I don't, I don't want to watch the show now. No. It, it, I mean, like, it, I'm like turned off from trying to watch the show. Well, and that's the problem. They, McDonald's <laughs> damaged, well... There's other things I could say. The creators had to distance themselves from this. Yeah, they did. Because it was, yeah, because it, you know, people automatically assume it's an official tie-in and it's not. Mm -hmm. So the the creators of the show have to distance themselves from it. Um, McDonald's looks, you know, stupid. They look dumb because the the effort to go out and just do 20 packets or whatever, 30 packets in certain restaurants, just make a ton of it then. Like, and just have it at, they did a one day event, was it October 7th? One day? People are scalping these fucking packets now. Yeah. If, if you buy one, you're a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. And that goes from me buying games. You're buying a, a, a packet of Szechuan sauce, which is just, what is that? Sugar and soy? What the hell's in that? Well, the the from what I've heard, it's like what, two what, parts of the barbecue to one part of the uh, sweet and sour or vice versa. So the thing is, when, when like... like lots of restaurants, especially lots of chain restaurants, things that are supposedly different... Or just made from the same ingredients that everything else is made from in different proportions, they can just just re-release the shit, just put it out, which is supposedly what they're doing this winter. That was their response. Was so that it's, yeah, it's soy sauce, potato starch, maple syrup, sherry vinegar, ketchup. It's holy shit! I just couldn't believe that I was seeing this. Like, if you're out there. And you've brought upon yourself to, based upon a throwaway joke, and I heard some people traveled like from Canada to the U.S. to try to get a fucking soy sauce packet. If you, if you did that, and then not only were disappointed, but then through a tirade and you thought it was cool to yell at McDonald's employees, don't ever listen to my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> don't at me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't at me because that you're, you are the definition of an insufferable fandom. I mean, really, if you've ever gone out of your way to make any fast food worker's life miserable, just fuck off. But, I mean, especially in this instance. But to to do it based upon a throwaway joke that wasn't even official, this this promotion wasn't even officially a part of it, the show. They just said, oh, this is going to be cute. McDonald's needs to get attention. They they did. And and the the cutest part of it all is um, the the most insufferable Rick and Morty fans, I think they're extremely intelligent and they think you have to, and they, because they think you have to be extremely intelligent to understand the show and you you don't. What, 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 why did the intelligent understand an edgy-ish sort of cartoon? You don't. You're, that's the whole thing. It, I'm not going to sit here and try to explain Rick and Morty. It's very simple. Okay. It's easy to understand. It's it's it it's 
it, is it references it, it makes it, it it's making fun of the people who think it's this overcomplicated thing. The show makes fun of it. Yeah. It's not that people are idolizing and making a hero out of like this character Rick who's not supposed to be idolized or the made crazy a hero. Doc Brown looking guy. Yeah. He's basically Doc Brown. Yeah, exactly. And uh there's there's nothing hard that there's that meme that was going around where a guy um where where a guy literally said the humor of Rick and Morty is extremely subtle. In fact, you kind of have to have like a, a, a basis in uh like astrophysics or something to understand some of the the more complex jokes and it's like no no you it's just another elitist fandom but these but these people that are going to these these restaurants are the same people who say shit like that okay uh mcdonald's had to put out a fucking statement yesterday we were truly humbled by the amazing curiosity passion and energy this community showed to welcome back, and it can't even say what the community is. Right to welcome back Szechuan sauce, even if just for one day. Thank you. The only times over between the costumes, the memes, and the cross-state travel, you, the fans, showed us what you got. And our super limited batch, though well, though well-intentioned, clearly wasn't near enough to meet that demand. In quotes, not cool. Is that is something I say on the show a lot? We agree. So we're gonna make this right. In the last twenty-four hours, we've worked to open any portal necessary, and it worked. Szechuan sauce is coming back again this winter. And instead of being a one-day only and limited to select restaurants, we're bringing more, a lot more, so that any fan who's willing to do whatever it takes for Szechuan sauce will only have to ask for it at a nearby McDonald's. We want to make this right. You're some of the best fans in this or any dimension, and we want to pl- plan to deliver on that promise as soon as possible. Stay in tune. Your friends at McDonald's, I need a PR shower. Great! So, we're getting a new McDonald's sauce. A new old McDonald's sauce. Awesome. Great. Because a bunch of people acted like babies. All right. At to get me to. Why don't we just stop and put a bullet in our head? What? Oh. <laughs> I was with a new Q and A question. <laughs> Sorry. At to get me to. Uh, I don't know if that was in general or just in reference to that last podcast question. Uh, mostly that podcast. Question. All right. Uh, this is from. Uh, Sean E. Sitch, uh, at Sitch, uh, how does MAME or other emulation affect your experience with games from your childhood? Does it cheapen the experience? Ooh, that's a question, because you're basically asking us to say, as a child, or we, we either didn't know what we were talking about, or we didn't really enjoy the game based upon how it was, or maybe our memories of that game is stronger than the actual game was. So... Whenever I played a game I went back to and hadn't played in like 20 years, like or at least 10 years, like in the late 90s when I'm when I'm first booting up man, I'm like, you know what? I want to play Sly Spy. To me, it's just as good because you forget a lot of stuff from the game that you like. You forget, like you kind of remember, if you haven't played a game in like 10, 15 years, you kind of remember the sounds or how it controlled. You kind I mean, visually it's probably the strongest memory, but you kind of remember what the music was, but you're going to lose the memory. Mm-hmm. So when you go back and play it, not that it's new again, but it's like, oh, wow, this is why I still remember this game. I remember the Golden Guard. You know, like, like you remember, like, in Slice by hitting the guy. Mm-hmm. Remember the cool, like, underwater levels. You remember the motorcycle. You can aim up in the air. I'm just using this one game as an example because I mentioned it prior in the podcast, and it's, it was never released anywhere else. So that's a prime example for it being, you know, playing it on MAME, um, putting the quarters in. So, 
it doesn't I don't think it ruins it. I really don't. I think it can enhance it or or have you remember why you loved it. I mean, if you remember a game for 20 years, it's probably for a good reason. Right. You know, it's probably not bad. Like I, there's plenty of games I played as a kid like in the arcades that I'm never going to remember again because you know why they weren't fun or they weren't good. Exactly. You know, like like for example, I remember being disappointed by I loved Three Stooges as a kid. I never remember liking that Three Stooges arcade game that much. It's not, but it's not a bad game. As a kid, I just couldn't get that, get a handle of it. So I remember playing that later. I'm like, oh, this is a decent game. I still don't love it. Sure. You know, so it's not like every game you played as a kid that was automatically good. You remember the ones you remember for, I think, for a reason. Yeah, and I I would have to mostly agree with you here. Um, I I think that MAME or emulation can potentially cheapen a library uh, that you're not familiar with. Um, for instance, let's just pick... Uh, say you don't know the Turbo Graphics and you download an entire set of Turbo Graphics games. Um, uh, well, I mean, it's not a huge library, but suddenly you've got this huge list of games to go through and, um, you know, it's hard for a lot of people, I think, when they have all these new games to try to pick one game and stick with it. So... You too may, much to choose from, right? Yeah, too much Overwhelmed. to choose from. You may only get a paper-thin you know, idea of what the, each game is about. You may never go more than skin deep with it. I think that MAME and emulation can kind of cheapen libraries that way. However, I... like, Pat said, like Pat said, if it's a game from your youth, it doesn't matter what you're playing it on. Um, if the memory is so strong that you re- you've remembered it for that long or the memory is so strong that you want to go back and play that game I don't think it it has any real difference at least in the late 90s when you first had these ROM sites popping up before you could easily get a zip file of all of them cuz they probably weren't available there's no such thing as torrents in yeah. um you had a picking unless you want to say that I did sit there I was crazy in college and I did sit there and try to download every main ROM I could get my hands on cuz I thought it was amazing that you could play Playing arcade games on your computer is like otherworldly. Yeah, I know. To me, it still boggles my mind that you could do that. But the ability to do that maybe like, I'm a meme ROM collector. I'm going to get them all. But at first, though, it was just getting the ones I remembered. It's like like I said, I'm going to get Ninja Turtles Arcade. Oh, my God. I haven't played it in nine years. You can't play it in any console. Get that one and then play it at two frames a second because my my Gateway 2000 computer can't keep up. You know, like that's what the experience was. Remember, at first, you can only play the older games at a smooth frame rate because the computing power at that point yeah. it's funny to think of now you couldn't play some of those those games like Ninja Turtles it was like like it was stuttering yeah anything after 90 was a little it got, it got up there like, you, got had, you had to wait till the early 2000s yeah. there you had to wait for your uh, to move beyond the Pentiums right you had to get beyond that at least a Pentium 2 or 3 or whatever the fuck I don't think I had Pentium 2 I don't think I had a Pentium ever um, I had whatever the hell a Gateway 2000 was now it was a Pentium like 133 whatever the fuck it was yeah Gateway 2000, those overpriced pieces of shit. Well, they were okay. Well, the men in the USA, at least. Now I'm going to be crying now about people losing their jobs making Gateway 2000 with a nice little cow design on it. Lots of bloatware. Lots of bloatware on those? Yeah. Was there? I don't remember my Gateway 2000 that much. Maybe not on there. I just remember that was like the last era where, where computers just came with like a box full of fucking shit. Like, here is three, all this here's software. Ten, three, three and a, uh, three and a halfs. Yeah, and here's like two free games, and here's software you may oh, never yeah. use, and... Yeah, but well, they weren't all pre-installed, was yeah, it? Yeah, no, that's what I'm thinking. Some they were, were pre-installed. It wasn't bloatware; it was yeah. ad Wait. additional wear. Yeah, additional wear, not not adware. That's something else. Companionware. Companion companionware. <laughs> that's what it we was. Companionware. We can call it that. It's a friendly term it was, for it. it. Oh, okay, it was like the uh, you know when you bought my my Soundblaster 16 pack with the CD-ROM, and you got Dennis Miller's. That's that's geek to me. CD-ROM. That's companion. Companionware that you play once and never again. 
Alright. Dennis Miller talking about computer humor. <laughs> Alright. How's my Dennis Miller? I haven't done it in a while. Alright. Uh, th- this is at Jared Game Boyd. Nothing even remotely political. Save that for the not so common podcast. Just gaming news and scumbag sellers. Please. No. I mean, why? Why do people tell us this constantly? We'll talk about it whatever we damn well please. I don't think they want to be disappointed in, in us. Like, I, like if we disagree with them, all of a sudden that means that they can't listen to us anymore or they feel offended by yeah. it. I, that's, that's, that's a really bad... It's a shame. It's really a bad... We've, we've gone to a bad place where you can't have rational discussion. I'll bring up a story. Okay. I'll bring up a story. I'm not sure this is going to make it the, the, the YouTube the YouTube uh, vids or not, but when I was going, uh, taking the transport to the hotel uh, for Retropalooza, I got into a conversation with, like, the... I'm talking... I'm not saying if you voted for Trump, you like this woman, but everyone liked this woman voted for Trump. This was the prototypical Trump voter. Mm-hmm. She was like... In the course of our conversation, she started bashing California because the driver said he was, he was from California. Mm-hmm. So I felt the need to step in. I'm almost like, oh, I'm an adoptive California son. You'd be proud of me. I'm, I'm a, a pinko liberal now. <laughs> um, and we started getting into it. I'm like, well, not everyone from California is the same. I mean, you have different areas. Yes, you're going to have more liberal areas like Berkeley and San Francisco. Sure. You know, you have the north, and then you have southern California. You have San Diego, which is pretty pretty moderate. You can lean conservative a little bit I was gonna, if you like, wanted like to. We, say. I think we talked about this yeah. last podcast. Have, San Diego is the more conservative part which of Which still California. isn't conservative, no. but it's re- reasonable. If you right? had to pick one. Yeah, you, you know, military president, we have a Republican mayor, you know. Uh, so I told her that, and she, she wasn't hearing it. She said, you have to speak up for the rest of the country to hear you then. If you don't, if you're not like, like everyone else. Uh, you know, you hear stuff from her. This is a 20-minute ride. Her, her, she was like, she was from Green Bay. She was in there for there for the for the Packers-Dallas game. And okay. her daughter was with her. She, she was from Green Bay. She was like blonde woman, probably 50, 51-ish. Um, I'm not sure I'm being that specific. But her daughter was mortified, I think, of her mom's behavior. Uh-huh. I don't think more of me. So at least it's not getting passed off to the next generation. Right. The daughter was probably like 25, 26. Gotcha. Um, she just th- said things like, oh, well, Trump says what we're all thinking. She was saying stuff, like a lot of fake news stuff, mainstream media coming out of her mouth. Just like the stuff you, you would write, this is how the prototypical Trump support would speak like. I'm not even saying if you voted for Trump, you're a bad person. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is this, is that when you're, that, when you're to that point, whatever I say doesn't matter anymore. Right. You're going to look at me in a different way just because I disagree with you, and that's a shame. So to Jared out there, please don't become like that. I'm not saying this comment means that you're going to be that, but this is a step in the wrong direction. You should be able to hear people and disagree with them and still enjoy their other work. Yeah. Or still respect them as a content creator. As long as they don't go off the deep end and turn into, I don't know, John Tron. As long as you don't do that, you I think you can still have some sort of, you can still reach a rational you know, uh, agree to disagree. And the of amount point. of times I think we've taken a purely political topic, I think the taking a knee might have been the first. But if politics find their way in games, I'm sorry, that that is talking about games. That is talking about gaming. I mean, that's part of what we cover. And we're going to say yes to, to be not really political. I'm hoping you would say the same things to politicians and stay the fuck out of sports. Yeah. That would be nice. Maybe focus on things like Puerto Rico. Or upcoming nuclear war yeah. with North Korea. You know, some things that actually matter. Not staging a walk out of the football game. Yeah, not not wasting taxpayers' money to fly to Indianapolis 
and then post the same picture that was posted three years ago saying, I'm at the Indianapolis game. You see that from the VP? That was funny. Yeah. No, that was awful. That's <laughs> awful. It, it wasn't it, funny. It, it wasn't funny at all. If you can't agree upon that, if you voted for the guy that a publicity stunt, um, posting a picture that was posted three years earlier to make a really bad, to, div- to basically divide us further and spend, I think it was, it was a quarter million dollars to do so, I'm sorry. We probably won't agree on much then, like this woman. I wish that had happened. If, if that had happened before the conversation with the woman, she would have said, well, it was worth it to make the point. Like, she would probably have said something like that. Oh, you mean protesting during the anthem? Oh, protesting is worth it to make a point? Yeah, sure, but I'm spending a quarter million dollars to do it of taxpayer money. <laughs> yeah. If you, wanna, if you want to come out of your pocket, that's fine. All right, Ian. That's it for this CU podcast. We just lost a ton of uh, followers off of that. <laughs> uh, if you want to... Just slice them off. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, wherever you choose to listen to us. You know, leave a comment about the podcast, like us or hate us. Yeah. You know, rate the podcast if you didn't agree with us saying that we don't want to waste money to, to do a, a stage walk out of a fucking national anthem. Uh, yeah, sure. Give us one star. But if not, give us three, four, five. That'd be great. We have a Patreon if you want us uh, directly support us. You can watch the full video version with all our awkward uh, transitions. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. Yeah, you can also then use uh, the CU podcast hotline to call in and tell us how much you hate our political views. Uh, as well as, as ask questions about uh, Neo Geo Pocket Color, because one person out there cares, or Pat's Zany NES collection as well. Again, he and I, he and I will be at Portland Retro Gaming Expo the weekend of October 21st and 22nd. I'll be at Retro World Expo this weekend, the 14th and 15th. The NES Marathon is coming back the 11th and 12th. Uh, we'll be taking donations and also um, having more info with, within a couple weeks, Max, because we're getting we're only we're less than a month out at this point. I don't know, actually, we're a month a month out this weekend. Yeah. We're actually doing better than we were last year. Uh-huh. Slightly better shape. But, be my, but my life is falling apart at the seams right now. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But it'll happen. We're, it's it's going to be a fun one. We're going to do it. Every year I say it's going to be my last one. This will not be the last one. But I might die during it. But I won't, probably, because I don't have help. So, and Ian's going to be there. which should make it a little more funner. And we're going to have other guests announced soon. Yeah. So I think I don't know if I missed anything. Oh, uh, ultimatenes.com to buy a certain NES guidebook. It helps pay my future mortgage. For Ian Ferguson, nice eyebrow. I'm Pat Country. <laughs> Go get that session one sauce, you little brats. <laughs> Go get a nap. <laughs>